a gorgeous Martian with three big hooters comes in <laughs> and says, I can't speak, I have no parents, and I have no idea what good sex is. <laughs> Hop aboard, my planet, Sue Planet. <laughs> What's the third hooter for? <laughs> One on the back for dancing. Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I am, of course, of John Wayne. With me, as always, is Christopher Triana. Chris, what's up, my man? What's up? Hello, listeners. Hello, ladies. Uh, I got you're spiffing it up with this new uh, deck, your new fucking decolletage. Uh, you know, Camp yeah, Crystal yeah, Lake. Yeah. Got me a Camp Crystal Lake uh, tank top. You know, I bought a couple of, of new tank tops. As I mentioned before, I am having shoulder surgery, and apparently it's a lot easier to get in and out of these more than any other type of shirt. So one when you pad that, just go shirtless, dude. Like live, you're like a man yeah. of the land. You're a man of the land, dude. You're out there in the wilderness, you know. Yeah, shit, yeah, like but you know, like, chested. But you know, you you show up at uh, the daycare not wearing a shirt, and they frown upon it. Uh, well, also, I don't have a child. <laughs> I, I was going to say they they also frown upon it when you show up with uh and and you don't have a child. <laughs> I don't have a kid at all. Yeah, yeah, Thanks. you got to stop showing up at those daycares. By the way, I meant to hey, talk. You know, about like it's 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 nothing to do with the kids. I just like you know the the twenty year old women that uh, that run the place. You know, well, that is a different podcast. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I think it's this one. Oh, uh, <laughs> considering it is, it is. We'll You're get right. into that. We'll get You're into right. that. You right. But. Uh, but before we get into all of that, I want to wish all of our listeners a very happy Labor Day weekend. It's here, folks. Summer's last hurrah, Labor Day. I've always really liked Labor Day. How about you, John Wayne? You like Labor Day? No, I've hated it. And yeah. uh, as, as I've hated all of these holidays, and I'll tell you why. Um, <laughs> tell us. It, if you have or haven't uh, had the ultimate pleasure of working um, a service industry job or a retail service job uh, for an extensive, like a long period of time. Like I did, I worked for Starbucks for 15 years. 10 of those years, I was a store manager. Um, there was no such thing as that. We were open every fucking day. Holidays yep. meant absolutely nothing to us. Like it meant, they meant I was numb. It meant more work. It means more work. Work. And it, I was numb to holidays just where I was yep. like, I, I didn't already I already didn't like Christmas or anything like I wasn't like a big right. Christmas guy, but I hated Christmas for the longest. Fucking oh, my God. Since I I've, still been, do. I've been out yeah. of that uh, for like four years for four years now. And I'm better like at it. But, you know, it's uh, the holidays like Labor Day. They do mean nothing to me because of that. Like it, it would it. That, like, kids in school, so like the lines would be different. But still, like I had to go mm. there at fucking. You gotta go to work. Yeah. No, I get you, man. I get you. Like you know that I do. You know that I've worked retail. You know that uh, I've you know managed uh, a grocery store. That I've done that. Uh, and so I totally understand. Like holidays suck uh, when you work in that in the service industry. Uh, because you don't get them off, and the and the store or, or the restaurant or whatever you work in is is much busier because everyone's off, and they, it's kind of like you just all day long. It's just rubbed in your face that other people have this holiday. But not to just bitch about that. Um, I uh, 
the reason I like Labor Day is I like the uh, the concept behind it. I like what it means, uh, you know, for the for the working people to have this day off. Even though, like you said, uh, a lot of people who are working people don't get it off now. But I do like it in principle. I like the idea of it, and I've always made it a point in my life to take Labor Day off because of that reason. And sometimes it's you know, bosses and stuff would give me shit, but I'd be like, you know what? Give me this. I'll work Thanksgiving Day. I'll work Christmas Day. I don't give a shit. And that's how I would. Uh, that's how I would always get it. You know, because I was well, like, I don't cool. care about those holidays. I care about Labor Day. The principle. It's the fucking principle, John Wayne. It's the principle. I understand, you know, but we live in a world of no principles or principalities, even. Absolutely. Um, and we all we also Dude. don't have any princes from Bel Air or other parts unknown. Well, we do have the Fresh Prince, and we have and we had Prince. The artist Prince, in power. formerly known as Prince, or if he, I don't know if he went he back to Prince. that. He was Prince at the end, dude. He was. He went back to it. Yeah, okay. Back to Prince. Yes. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that that was really like not just him being pretentious. It was something about like some uh, issue with like uh, one of the record companies he was with, or something. It was something. to get out of his record contract. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and that, that's one of those classic things that artists do sometimes, like uh, just totally. You know, like, oh, yeah, okay, fine, I'll give you this. Like, uh, you know, what most recently, uh, fucking, um, I forget his name, doesn't matter. Country artist did that. Uh, Darius Walker, one. the greatest country singer of all time. <laughs> no, but uh, Hank Williams III did do it several, many, ah. several years ago because he was not allowed to record anything oh, that wasn't stuff. country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I actually have a bootleg 45 of uh his hellbilly stuff that was yeah, like yeah. pirate released Ass when track. it was not supposed to be yeah the ass track when he was not supposed to be releasing it yeah. um very cool part of my no oh, yeah i totally did hank three as well <clears throat> hank three is amazing and awesome have you seen him live Mm-mm. dude he does uh he comes out like it is a i don't know how it would be like we're in the parts i know, unknown. He, does, I know he does like the half and half but dude, it's, no, it's a three-part show in Texas. Mm. It, it might be a little bit different because I've, I, you know, you'll show up to the show, and the first set he does is the country stuff, which is yep. amazing. Um, and he's got this full, the full band, the steel guitar. I love that dude, and the banjo, all that shit. Yeah, yeah. And and there's people there in their full like like they were going yep. to the rodeo, you yeah, know, with their hats yeah. on. There's people two-stepping and shit. People dance or like you know, da- like you know, dance and shit. But like, then they'll go into like the slow progression into the next set, which is the, the hellbilly stuff. Right. It's a little bit punk and and rock. And those people will clear out and all the cowboys clear out. Yeah. And then at the end, it's the metal shit. And uh, it's like that weird guy's like screaming and beating himself with the fucking microphone. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other singer, it's like a very Gigi Allen baby, if you will. Oh, which I don't Uh, really, like I'm not really a huge fan of GGI. No, no, me neither. Like his, like no one, like anyone who. It's one of those things people pretend to like. They're like his music. I mean, uh, people just like the persona. They like how crazy he was. Mm. That I get. But like his music is trash, dude. It's yeah, garbage. It's awful. Not good yeah. trash. Like we're gonna talk about later. But it's just garbage. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. terrible. Uh, but like fans will pretend to like it because they're just like so into that whole uh, persona of his, where it's like. You know, Sid Vicious times ten. You know, like uh, he was like the ultimate punk. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, this guy just sang in his underwear, cut himself up, and played with his own shit. Like that doesn't shit. make him, that doesn't yeah. like literally played with his own shit. Like that doesn't make him cool to me. That's you know, like if maybe that makes him cool to you, not to me. Dude, um, 
there was uh, a couple of years ago, um, there was this write up about this show from this uh, performance art band or whatever. I, I, I think they were from Houston performing in this venue here called Avant Garden that has a lot of interesting shows. And like they, they'd actually do the pop up that I, I used to sell at when we were allowed to go outside and do things uh-huh. uh, every month that they had back, there. And back uh, in the 80s, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long time ago. It seems a long time ago. So this band was like doing their thing on stage and they did this, they fucking animaed themselves like the oh two, two guys and then they just shit all over the place and then ran to the bathroom and were shitting like a whole shit like all the way there. And, uh, and people were not pleased. It was not received well as a punk rock cool thing to do. And that is not cool. You do not no. shit. And like, and I think like the 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 comment that they ended up getting from the guys was, oh, it was a stunt gone wrong. And I was like, what? How else was it supposed yeah, to this go? Was do it? Like, what else do you think was gonna happen? I oh, mean, can you imagine? Yeah. I I you know I mean I like I like to party, dude, but I don't but like to shit. Party. That's one of those like stupid punk things that. Like never impressed me. It's like the whole thing with like a don't, punk don't, shows, wait, like, don't fucking start talking bad about punk rock. I'm punks. not. I love punk rock music, but there was some of this stunt shit like that, literally, uh, where they would like be like, "Oh, it's so cool! Like I'm the lead singer of this punk band, and so I'm gonna pee in the faces of the audience." That's not cool. That doesn't make you cool. That doesn't make you edgy. It's just stupid, gross shit. It's 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 childish, you know. Well, I mean, was your fa- your favorite punk band was the Garbage Pail Kids, was it not? They would just piss in the front and like <laughs> pop their zits on everybody. And... Garbage Pail Kids was some good stuff. Yeah, I love but that. I was also yeah. uh, I was also eight years old when Garbage Pail Kids was a thing. So yeah, farting and vomit was hilarious to hey. me at the time. Eight year olds, dude. Eight year olds, dude. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about trashy stuff here. Um, so, but Labor Day, I mean, but what but do Labor you do Day. on Labor Day? You said you, you make it like it's like a reference. It's like this very reverence thing for you. Like, what are you, how are you spending your Labor Days? Walk well, I spend it. I spend it like the loser I am. Um, and uh, oh, oh, did I lose you there? I, I still hear. I, I can't see you anymore. Oh, I'll fix it. There, there we go. go. I hit something by accident. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm a loser. You know, like I, uh, I, I spend most of my time by myself uh and i actually like that a lot uh but yeah it'll be a picture picture perfect day and i'll just spend it on by myself <laughs> that's fine that sounds great yeah. i'm not going outside either. no i love like, it like, do, I like... do you cook yourself anything or are you drinking whiskey all day you get up like kick your feet up i'm not is it like a? is it it's like a, a yeah, shoulder shabbos so you're yeah. like not gonna put you're not gonna turn on the oven i can answer the phone no, no no it's not that it's not that bad but it's <laughs> it's a real it's a day of like just total relaxation just chilling out um and, uh, yeah, you know, like I, and I always watch, and I think I mentioned this on the show before when we were talking about married to children, they have the two labor day episodes. I always watch them every labor day. Uh, that's a ritual of mine. That's the highlight of my labor day is watching two episodes of a sitcom from 30 years ago, uh, that I've seen like a hundred times, you know? Uh, but no, I do that and you know, I'm like, I'll make tacos or a burger or something. I'll hang out, you know, I'll have a couple of drinks and I just, I just enjoy it. You know, it's like. I, you know, I, I take the dog hiking maybe, but I don't like go places like people do on, on Labor Day because it's like you just sit in traffic and then you get to the lake or whatever and what? it's crowded as shit. And I can't stand being around crowds. I can't stand being around a lot of people. So it's right. not fun for me to do that. I was going to ask, though, so is that like, is that a t- what are the typical Labor Day 
things that like I think barbecue. Like, yeah, people barbecue or, or they go to the is beach. There like a, is there a big sporting event that's usually on Labor Day I don't at all? Think uh, so I don't know. I don't know anything about sports. You know that. Yeah, um, but no, it's it's no, it's up right now. People, now Labor Day like is every day. You know, honestly. Mm. Kind of. So it's really in a weird skew of this. Well, but it isn't, it, but it's it still going to treat it, it the same way. You should. It isn't. Is it isn't? It isn't. I mean, you know, like, um, like people tend to go out and uh, you know they go to the beach or they go to the lake and they they get on their boats and their jet skis and and all that kind of stuff. Um, I of course never had access to that shit, you know. But that's what the that's I what the white people did. do. I know you didn't. Yeah, I mean, you're a richie rich. You probably had something, uh, but uh, but you didn't have that. Um, no, it didn't. But, uh, but you know that's what people do. They, they it's kind of it's summer's last hurrah. It's like before you know um, autumn rolls in. Everyone just like this is like their last big thing. Like when I lived in in uh, the Boston area, there was a, a park by me that had a big fountain, and all mm. summer long, all the kids would go there and, and just run and splash in the fountain. And Labor Day was the last day it would be open. It closed the immediately the day after. Even if it was still 90 degrees out, it closed immediately. You know, that was just like, nope, that's summer's last hurrah. Literally, you are done. It is now autumn, you know? Yeah, it, here in uh, Texas, like, um, Thanksgiving is usually like summer's last hurrah. Right. <laughs> and, then it, and then it, like, it does a James Brown where it takes a knee but then jumps right back up. For yep. a couple like more weeks to like, <laughs> you know, and then it finally, yeah, and then it finally kind of fades away for about two and a half weeks, yeah. and then you know, in those yeah, I know. Texas has two seasons. It has summer and January. It's just uh, as hot and hotter, I think. Yeah, I don't know how you do it, do but I mean, I understand. Like, I I lived in Florida all those years, much to my chagrin, and so I hate sorry. that place. <laughs> I, thank you. It's the worst place in the world. I'd take Texas over at any time. Um, what? But yeah. I, my insane father dragged us down there, and I lived there until I was old enough to to run away, uh, successfully run away, um, yeah. and uh, never never looked back, dude. I, run know. away train, never coming back. Man, I really are run you away, fucking silencing us? Don't yeah. sing too much more, dude. We'll we'll, we'll get sued. We get thirty uh, seconds. <laughs> wow, you just soul asylumed us. Like, wow, that it's that's like a rip, rip rolling of some kind. A soul asyluming? Not nearly as good as soul a asyluming sounds pretty fucking cool. That sounds like it should be a sex move. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Well, we are going to get into sexing. Uh, oh, you and me, personally. But we're going to talk about it. Uh, so before we get into all that, I think we did the whole Labor Day thing. I think we can move into um, our super popular topic. Like, everyone calls in the Corey hotline about this uh it's our awesome topic book of the week book. all right so book of the week book of the uh, week this this is going to lead into our topics uh for today uh which is one of the reasons we're we're picking this as book of the week uh, the other reason is uh because you know, we need, we like to shamelessly self-promote, uh, and you know, shameless self-promotion. Shameless, we pour ourselves out there. Uh, so you'll have to forgive me, but this is uh, this book is one of mine, um, and I'm going to promote it right now because uh, it's an older book of mine. It came out. In I'm sorry, dude. I'm, I dubbed the Unforgiven, actually. 
Now you just Metallica rolled. I Metallica'd you, dude. <laughs> you Metallica. Metallica. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you didn't even pick a good Metallica song. Um, anyway, this book came out in 2016. Uh, it was my first extreme horror novel, and it remains my most depraved, disgusting book. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about body art, and I'll hold it up to the camera for those watching. Boom. Da, 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 da. Um, the reason yeah. I'm bringing up body art is uh, because it's getting a, a, a second release, mm -hmm. uh, like a reprint release, all new cover by uh, Lynn Hansen, very exciting, um, and it's, uh, it's going to have a brand new uh, epilogue. To it a lot of people have asked me if there's going to be a sequel to body art and it's still a maybe it's a maybe but there is a brand new epilogue in this which we're calling the director's cut of body art because uh, body art is about filmmakers it's about people who were uh pornographers in the 80s you know like this golden age uh and uh before you know the internet and all of that kind of like took the art away from porn and so they're making, they're, they're now like looking for a new way to, to, to find fame and everything. And so they, they set out to make the most extreme, most bizarre, depraved porno ever made. And it includes, you know, like mutilation and all sorts of horrific shit. Uh, yeah. But there's more, much more to it than that. That's not, you know, there's, there's also a supernatural element that comes into it. It gets really twisted and bizarre. Like I said, it's my most depraved book. And if you've read Full Brutal, A Toxic Love, you know how extreme I can get. This yeah. is more extreme than those. Um, so it is coming out in a new edition, uh, and also there's a body art coloring book. That's what I was going to say. Now, is that changing at all or? No, that is uh, not changing. That is not changing. But both of these are from Bloodbound Books. Shouts out Bloodbound and Mark shouts out. and Joe. Um, and so what, the, what we're doing is we're doing a special, uh, a special triple X package uh, where you can uh, pre-order at, at um, bloodboundbooks.com or bloodgutsandstory.com, where you can get the new edition of Body Art, you can get the comic book, I mean the coloring book, and you can also get my brand new horror novel, uh, which is called They All Died Screaming, which comes out in October. So you can get this super-duper yeah. deluxe pack at blood, uh, bloodboundbooks.com. So anyway, that's a self-promotion. Forgive me for it, but... We are both writers. If we yeah. have something new coming out, I think we should promote it. Uh, and Book of the Week is always dedicated to, um, you know, indie cult scene. authors, indie indie presses. Like we're never going to promote the new Stephen King book, uh, even though he listens to every episode. He never misses an episode. Uh, he's got enough press, so we always dedicate it to, um, you know, um, indie presses and stuff. So, and that includes us. Can I make an impromptu shout out book of the week yeah. kind of thing right here? Uh, shouts out, shouts out to uh, Adam Caesar's release of uh, mm. his book "Clowns in a Cornfield." Clown in a cornfield. Uh, clown in a cornfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his That's YA a novel, really yeah. huge release. He he like should put a picture of himself up yesterday. Uh, well, I mean, this will be like when you hear this, it's weeks ago, right. but uh, of him like in front of the Barnes and Noble, he bought it like it like and I like I watched. I, I mean, I was like. That's fucking cool, man. Like, give me, like, yeah, a little dude. bit of, like, emotion. I was like, that's fucking cool, man. Like, yeah, really so shouts cool. out to Adam Caesar. He's, uh, he's so, he's awesome. His shit's awesome. I love, like, his writing. Um, uh, Summer Job, I think, is, uh, so that's one of my favorites of his. Check, check that one out, too. But, uh, is a good yeah. one. Congratulations to you, Adam, if you're listening. And, Congrats, uh, Adam. Congrats. Yeah, shouts out. Uh, well deserved. Um, yeah, that's a much bigger uh, release than, 
the body art. Uh, it's not. Show. No, it's just I just I just thought of it and I was like, man, we got to give him props because it happened. No, no, no like, we do. You know. No, we do. No, I, I meant that in, in the best possible way. I, mean, I that's know. A deal. That's a big release. You know, that's really cool for him. So, yeah, it's nice to see. Um, so, yeah. So the book of the week, body art, as I said, it's about it's... pornographers. It's about sexy sex, uh, but it's mm-hmm. also about really depraved sex. Uh, and in a way, it's about trash cinema. I will say this, um, yeah, and I'll hold up it up again. Uh, as you can see, the original cover of Body Art is designed to look like an old VHS movie. There's a little horror sticker like at the top there, and like you know, the whole banner it says "Rated X" on it. And this has become a thing now with uh, with horror presses, particularly the indie ones, where there's a lot of these books that uh, that look like old VHS tapes. It's like a thing now. Um, I wanted to say right here now, I fucking started that shit. Even before, uh, like, anything else. Like, the same year that um, uh, uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix, that came out, and that has a VHS box cover to it. Cool-ass book. Yeah, but it has a VHS-style cover to it. That came out the same year as my book, Body Art. So we were already working on this cover before, like, that came out. So... I just want to, you know, give props to myself. Like, so are, is it, are you in litigation with anybody over this? Is that why we're trying no. to like make a public record of it? No, it's just um, I, I just rule. I rule. You do. This was you my do. idea, and now everyone does it. But right. you know what? I guess Grady Hendrix had the same idea at the same time. You know, but, uh, but and I it's debatable. I did this shit before like that came out. You know, I was working on that. So, anyway. Anyway, that's me just sucking my own dick a little bit, uh, which goes into what we're talking about. Okay. Are you uh, sexy sexing? Sexy sexing. So it brings um, us to our first topic. Mm-hmm. Huh? Oh right. yeah, I think it does. So it brings us to our first topic, which is one, two, three, four. Sexy sexing. Oh, sex. So. Uh, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about let's talk you about and me. Let's talk <laughs> about all, all, all. Let's talk about all of the sexy sexing that that can be. Shouts let's, out to Lisa Lefty Lopez. Also, that's on uh, not related, but TLC. She wore the condom that, in her eye. That always made me think about sex. She died. She had a condom in her eye. <clears throat> she wore it like in the videos. It was like part of her costuming. She would like have Lisa like Left Eye. Yeah, exactly, like a monocle, but it was a condom. No and uh, that was in like the early 90s and you're like oh shit that was back when you were like uh you would when it was uh shame shameful to purchase a, a condom in right. in the in the store you know well that's not that's why i never used them well i mean they are for they're for dirty <laughs> sailors going from port to port uh personally yeah. i i'm not uh, absolutely you know, but <laughs> anyway uh what do anyway. we lead us into this before i take it to the before you take it to the gutter um no, we are going to go into the gutter with this. We're talking about sex, and, and we're talking about sex in uh, fiction and film and uh, how it ties into, um, like, you know, like our own personal history and our own influences as writers and all of that. Uh, so, uh, I, I'm not sure exactly where we want to start, but we're not going to, you know, just be, like, totally filthy with this and, like, talk about hardcore porn and our own, like, weird sex things that we're into. We're not going to get into all that. We're just going to keep it light and talk about good Hooter movies 
and stuff like that. Now, some of you out there, they might have just heard me say Hooter movies and might be offended. So I'm just going to say this right now. There are a lot of crybabies out there, religious types mostly, who will have a problem with with us talking about Hooter movies and, and objectifying women or whatever we're doing or whatever you think we're doing. Uh, but we're just celebrating sex. Guys like naked ladies. We just do. Uh, and, and, and ladies like the naked dudes, you know? And so we're going to be talking about all of that stuff. Uh, and if you're a prude and you can't handle it, see ya, you know, because this is what we're going to talk about. Mom, don't turn it off. We need that. We need that download. So no. just uh, <laughs> la, 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 just walk around. And... I know your mom listens to this show. And, Shout and out, like, Mom. She's I, the best. Yeah, she might want to tune out for this. No, um, she's fine. But I'm sure uh, I'm, I'm sure she is the best, you know, and, and, and John Wayne's mom, you uh, created one of my best friends in the world, and I, I love you for that. Thank uh, you. Allegedly, you know, allegedly. we're still, wait, we're still waiting you? on the 23 and me coming back from that. <laughs> well, you had so, to come from somewhere. So we so, so where do you want to start? Because we, we're getting we're pro, we're talking about how this goes into this. Yes. The, the, the literature of it kind of and, and all of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um. Well, I wanted to talk about just like uh, fun with trash, because uh, I I am like a fucking raccoon when it comes to trash uh, in cinema and in comic books and in books uh, and, and everything. Like I, I love trash. Doesn't always mean it's going to be sexy trash. It just means it's going to be trashy and and crazy. And it's one of the reasons I like gory shot on video movies and all that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, to me, um, I think it, it, it goes back to something that we did talk about on the show before. So I'm just kind of going to gloss over it. But my earliest, earliest memories of, of trash uh, was in uh, cinema and in comics. And in cinema, cinema, it was what I like to call boner jams. And it was movies like uh, Porky's, Oddballs, Screwballs, Meatballs, like all of those things where it was just like, comedies that were PG-13, but you got to see Titty. You can't see that in a PG-13 movie now. We, we did talk about this before, but I we just did. wanted to first. I, I, um, I don't know if I mentioned it when we did talk about this last time, but uh, I recently had seen Porky's like mm. all the way through for the first time, um, yeah. and it was because Nick P had it on his Voodoo account, so if of you want course. the password, uh, just go ahead and hit me up, and uh, I'll just I'll get that to you so you can check out Porky's as well. Go ahead. Are you done? You done? I mean, I'm not totally done, but just blowing the cobwebs off that fucking joke. That is a running joke, and I will thank you. Yep. I'm gonna yep. edit it in louder because it makes you so upset. <laughs> yeah, I just get annoyed by repetition, particularly when it's jokes and that weren't funny the first time. But anyway. Hey, um, well. Hey, well, you know. So. Boner jams is where it all started. You know these these PG thirteen comedies where you got to see, uh, you know, Hooter and ass, um, and you know that was like that was my introduction to um, sexy cinema. Uh, my introduction to sexy literature was really more based in comic books, uh, and that was really more suggestive stuff like Lady Death and Vampirella. Uh, and then Heavy Metal, which was a little more Randy. Uh, were you ever a fan of Heavy Metal, the comics? I mean, I, I was not allowed to uh, own such such propaganda at that such time filth. in my life. Yeah, yeah. so um, my, my exposure to those kind of things was quite limited. I, I 
collected well, uh, you... Cracked magazine and Mad magazine. Well, yeah, of course. Around I, that I, time, was... but but that's because I could ride my bike to stop and go and buy them myself. Well, yeah, and I, they I, and they I, did I, have like I, sexy things with like nip like you know they show like a nipple like coming through the you know popping out or something. Yeah, not so much. Come on. No, like no. In in a cartoon, like like just like it like a, a hard nip. Not like it's showing you nipples. Like there's just like mm. it's cold it's cold in here. Sometimes. No, I don't remember that from Cracked and Mad and I was super big into both of those. But all right, well maybe I made that up. Yeah, like like there might have been someone with big boobs or something, but like I never like I don't remember them being sexual in any way. Um, those two magazines. But I did love those magazines growing up. But by the time I was like fourteen you know, I was like, you know, or even before that, like 13 or 12 or 13, you know, I was hunting down uh, heavy metal magazines. And, and yeah, I didn't always have the money to buy them, but I would thumb through them at the at the magazine stand because I was like so into it and um, thought it was so cool because they, they would have run these... you away because you were like, this isn't a library, kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes I would get that. And uh, but then not you like had to like start a, a newspaper route and like wear one of those there newsy was... hats. <laughs> there... Yeah, I would. Get your paper, mister. Hey. Yeah. Uh, no, no, like it was, um, it, this was back when like, like there was a place in, uh, in the mall, in the Melbourne Square Mall, which may still exist. I don't know. Uh, but there was a place in there where it was like, it was like cigars and magazines. I don't know what it was called. I don't remember. But that's what they sold. Cigars and magazines. And it always was filled with cigar smoke. And there was all sorts of magazines in there. And I would like get my Fangoria there and my heavy metal and uh, Gore Zone and like all of the, the, the trash, you know, like all the trashy stuff I'd get there. This but was all in one, this was in a one store where they one were store. selling cigars? Yeah, it, they sold cigars and they sold magazines. That's all they sold. Yeah, and I yeah, like you buy you, anything you, like that. You would go, yeah, you would go in and um, they didn't have like comic books, but they had adult stuff like heavy metal. Uh, and, then, and then, like I said, they had like Gorezone and, and all of those. And uh, and they also had porno mags. Uh, and so I'll get to that, you know, later on because uh, those are glorious. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and then as I as I got a little bit older, there were other comics that I just that I discovered, which were actually you know, older than me. Um, but anyway, uh, from from there, I got into the more. Uh, adult uh, Hooter movies, you know? And there was a lot of this, like, on... Uh, even though I didn't have it, friends had it. They had, like, Cinemax, which was known at the time as Skinemax. Of had course. it. Still known as Skinemax, I would say. Still known, right? And they would play all sorts of movies that weren't porn, but, had, but but But, well, they would play softcore. Yeah, they had, like, the Red Shoe Diaries and stuff like that. But they would also play these movies that were either comedies or even action that just happened to have a lot of sex scenes. In them. So many, so, so many. And that brings me to, uh, uh, some, a director that I truly love, Mr. Andy Sidaris. And I'm going to hold it up for those watching the, the, uh, YouTube. This is the complete box set. It's called, um, girls, guns, and G strings. And this collects the fine, fine works, the nineties films of Mr. Andy Sidaris. Is that uh, he did Hot Ticket to Hawaii, right? No, but he did Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Hard Ticket to that's it, that's it. Dude, <laughs> Nick P and I watched that in the hotel uh, with uh, his stupid fucking password. Dude, no, I'm serious. Like we watched it, 
in Atlanta, and that was, we just like we got to the hotel, and that he just that's the first thing he put on, oh, and we're so just like, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And he was like, yeah. dude, you should play this theme song. I brought, I had my guitar, and I was like playing like hard ticket, ticket to Hawaii. To Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's a scene, and I know you know this, uh, where they're like, man, we got to think about this. We better go to the hot tub where I do all my thinking. Right, right, right. Topless <laughs> in the hot tub. And they like do one thing and they're in there for like 45 seconds and they're like, yeah. all right, let's do it. And then they let's just get it. out. Yep, yep. Oh, so that good. Movie, that movie's great for a lot of reasons. Um, it's really, that's like his, his coup de grace. That's like his most popular film and, for, and with good reason. It's his most entertaining movie, not just because of all the glorious hooters in them, but because of. Um, because of like some of the ridiculous stuff that they do, like when they when they shoot the blow up doll with a rocket launcher, and when the giant snake comes out of the toilet, like just it's just a crazy movie. Uh, so anyone makes, who likes, dude, that nothing makes sense. It, the the snake, like the way they shoot it, the the missiles, like the explosions, it's so ridiculous. It's incredible. It's, it's in, by ridiculous. It's amazing. No, it's amazing. I love. No, it. I love it. I love it, uh, and I love his. Uh, the Dallas Connection, Day of the Warrior, Do or Die, Enemy Gold, Fit to Kill, Gun, Savage Beach. Uh, uh, Malibu Express is another one that I really like. Uh, we watched that really too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, so in like the late 80s, early 90s, this guy made a bunch of these movies that are just like super cheap action films um, with just glorious, beautiful women running around and just having sex left and right so it's it's a wonderful thing and it's not porno it's just a good hooter movie you know and that's what we called them we just called them hooter movies and i still call them that um and there were like the ultimate hooter movies if we want to like step even a little bit further back was like the nudie cutie movies yeah that um uh oh yeah there were tons uh, of those that's just like not, I mean, not even Russ Meyer. Like, uh, I mean, he he did like Faster Pussycat Kill Kills, quite possibly one of the most perfect movies that was ever made. Oh, it's fantastic! Written. But that um, doesn't—that's not even. But that's not a nudie cutie. Nudie cutie movies no, no, were like, no, were like twenty minutes of, of them just like just naked like chicks, topless chicks around. dancing. Yeah, yeah. yeah and there was no story. Yeah. It's just like a thing for like I guess back then you watched it to jerk off to or something. But and it's then, just like yeah, but this is like you're talking like fifties and sixties. Yeah. Oh stuff. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, black and white hooters. Black and white hooters. Absolutely. No, and that's going way back. But Russ Meyer did do stuff like that. He did full length features which were nothing but sex and i know that because i have them right here it's a little here's this is only a few of my collection um you know this here we've got like lorna and mud honey we've got mondo topless we've got vixen yeah we've got wild gals of the naked west and black mm. snake and these are not pornos these are like black and white summer in color uh, movies from the 60s, just these like naturally busty babes with big beehive haircuts, and uh, and they're just like getting in wacky adventures where they have sex and uh, and uh, they're just filled with wanton lust and they and they have fun and you know God bless them. Yeah, and I mean I can't I don't I I actually haven't seen a whole lot of his other films, but Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Yeah, watched a couple times. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you where I watched it because I don't want someone to get mad, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh it, it, it's it's such a perfect there is no nudity in that movie all no. the nudity is implied no. it is um it's but all the implied nudity ridiculous. but yeah. it is it, 
the sharpness of the writing in that just like mm, mm, just lo- everything has a fucking all the the ladies have these badass comeback one-liners for they anything do. i never and try is, anything i just I do it do, yeah and i mean and if you are a fan of like uh white zombie um you know he sampled stuff uh from that movie as well uh in some of those famous songs um and rob zombie stuff which we won't talk about but no we're um, talking about good trash not stupid idiotic trash yeah okay well allegedly but <clears throat> no that's a i really like that movie and, re- and i i i am i would say i think that maybe people's initial reaction to it now is like, oh, Russ Myers is a titty movie. It's not, dude. It's such a good movie. No, Faster Pussycat isn't a titty movie, but he did a lot of, titty, a lot of titty movies. He's known for that. Yes, uh, but I his know. titty movies weren't like the nudie cuties. It wasn't just like a girl dancing. They would have a story, preposterous as a story would be, they would have a story, they would have like action and adventure and all these weird things, but they were absolutely ridiculous. Uh, one of my personal favorites is beyond the valley of the valley of adults yes i was about to say it right right yeah we watched that as well that's a great one man that that movie is so out of control uh and it also has my my probably my favorite line in movie history where the guy says you will drink the black sperm of my vengeance that is the like i am a writer and i can only dream of aspiring to writing that good and you know who wrote that line you know who wrote that screenplay yeah it's, Roger uh, uh, Roger Ebert, the Siskel and Ebert guys. Robert Ebert. And you know what? Fuck him, because here's a guy in the 80s who, on his Siskel and Ebert show, he and uh, Gene Siskel would go on, and they would just bash Friday the 13th movies as being trash. And so like, oh, it's just this guy hacking up half-naked women, blah, blah. And I'm like, fuck you, Rob, Robert Ebert. You fucking wrote Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which is just huge-breasted, like, beautiful sexy women getting screwed and then getting brutally murdered that's the fucking movie really a whole lot of like stream of consciousness kind of it feels like at times in that movie uh it, it just like wanders sometimes i feel no it totally uh, wanders but, but also like, like band, at, and, up yeah. at the top it's like this is not in any way affiliated with the Valley of the Dog. None, not at all. That, like, not remotely. People yeah. thought it was like it's a funnier. sequel and shit. Like yeah, I no, they like did, that, but it has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, that really topped it off where you're like, okay, this yeah, sucks. Yeah, it's really funny. It's really <laughs> but, funny that they did that. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, like how, like what a fucking hypocrite to like bash movies like Silent Night, Deadly Night and and uh and uh you know the, the you know any kind of slasher stuff from the eighties. They bashed it hardcore. And that like was, that, that was, was the Russ reason. My- oh, I'm sorry. That was Ru- Russ Meyer's first studio, actual studio film, too, right? No, it wasn't. It uh, was. Oh, I, th- I thought you were joking. I thought you meant Silent Night, Deadly Night. No, because he, he had nothing oh, to do with that. No, no, no. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls was his I'm first sure. studio film sure. where he actually got money to make a movie. I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, sorry. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I, but I do love the guy, and I do have like this like a ridiculous amount of his movies on DVD. Like I showed and mentioned some of them here, but I still have other ones. I have super vixens beyond the Valley of the dolls up up is a really good one. Um, so I have a lot of that stuff. Uh, so anyway, moving on. Cause what I did before the show is I, I made like a stack of my favorite. Cause I have an enormous DVD collection and I have particularly an enormous trash cinema uh, collection of DVDs and Blu-rays. I love trash cinema um, you listening out there, you might have like 
Forrest Gump on DVD, whereas I have Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a little difference there. There's a difference. But Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, that's fucking Citizen Kane to some of the shit that I have. Like, that was actually made with somewhat of a budget, shot on film. I have stuff that's shot on fucking video that is trash. Uh, do, you, so, do you have Zombie Strippers, the one with... Uh, well, that uh, was a big budget one with Robert England. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was a more modern that. one. Yeah, no, I enjoy it. I enjoyed it, but uh, I, it's not the kind of stuff I'm talking about here. Mm. Um, it's uh, That's like just a modern you know, horror movie about zombie strippers, which is great in and of itself. It is. Uh, but I'm talking about cheaply made smut and, uh, and, and gore like on a, on a micro budget. Um, but before we get to all of those, I wanted to talk a little bit more about good Hooter movies. Um, because we talked Sidaris, uh, we talked Myers. These were like legends uh, of yeah. that. Uh, but I wanted to get into some of the subgenres. Uh, one of the subgenres was uh, uh, black exploitation. Another mm-hmm. one was uh, Nazi exploitation. And the Nazi exploitation stuff. Well, well, first the black exploitation stuff was like Foxy Brown and like you know Pam Greer and other hot women and Superfly and like and those movies didn't always have an enormous amount of sex, but they did have a sexual context to them. Uh, and did have sex scenes like Superfly is a long sex scene uh, where you don't see like an excessive amount of stuff, but it goes on forever. And there's a whole beautiful Curtis Mayfield, give me your love, like song to it and everything. Yeah. Um, uh, but then there was Nazi exploitation, you know, like Love Camp and like all these other ones where it was just like Nazis, uh, like whipping, you know, like hot women. And a lot of times it would be like female Nazis, you know, you'd get like Sybil, Sybil Danning in there and she would be like, you know, uh, uh, you know, it was the, the, the she-wolf of the SS. I was going to say the werewolf Elsa. women of the SS. That That's part of that? Well, no, Rob Zombie was just kind of... Uh, he did that fake trailer for Grindhouse, and it was kind of an homage no, but I, to that. but I mean, like, the I've seen... Uh, they're out there, like, to watch. Ilsa. Prime it's Ilsa. Just, yeah. She, you know, yeah, the she-wolf of the SS and stuff. Uh, so they had a lot of those. Those are fun. Uh, but my one of my personal favorite subgenres, and I'll hold it up right here... Women in prison. Shit, dude. Caged uh, heat. Yep. Chained heat. Uh, changed heat uh, and uh, red heat uh, and jungle warriors are on this particular uh, uh, Mr. Skin presentation that I own. Uh, and I really like, uh, like, I really love this uh, chained heat particularly. Uh, red heat also has her, but it has Linda Blair in all her sexiest, like, goodness. Like, Linda Blair in her sexy cherub busty beauty of the 80s and yeah it's like women in prison so it's like you know like the wardens are always women and like they're just like you know like whipping each other and getting fights in the shower and stuff and it's just trash and i love it i love it so sue me i love trash i'm not gonna sue you um actually pucifer uh who is Fronted by Who? Maynard James Keenan, Pucifer is a band. It's one of Pucifer? Maynard. Yeah, it's one of uh, Maynard's bands. The Did guy they that sings on the stage too. No, no. <laughs> Good. They actually in their uh, from their first album did a whole like series of videos with these uh, uh, bikini babe thing where they to their music put together this whole caged heat women in prison video. Mm. That was pretty uh, rad. That has like muscle cars and prison and Sounds shit, good. and and like uh, uh, you would like it. So yeah. 
you should probably check it out. I would. Yeah. I'm going to post this link right now. There you go. Cool. So there it is, folks. Um, if you're watching the video. It's not, it's not really there. Yeah. Probably not, knowing him. He's full of shit. Um, so there were other things, like in the 70s and 80s, that were also uh, not porn and not just cuties dancing around in their underpants. They were actual movies that were usually action-based. Uh, you know, later, like in the 80s, it became comedies that had a lot of hooter uh, and stuff. But like in the 70s, it was more like these action-based movies. And like, here's a great example, is the movie Thriller. Uh, a thriller... Not, call me one eye. Call me one eye. Not related to the Michael Jackson video. This is a movie from uh, 1974. Uh, and it's uh, isn't that it's, it's, wasn't that originally called Call Me One Eye? Also, it's yeah, that's the other name for it. Call me okay. one, call, call me one eye. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it stars Christina Lindbergh, who was kind of like a honey of like the Grindhouse era. Uh, mm. She did a lot of these movies, but this is her most famous. And uh, you know, she like she's this girl getting revenge, and she's got an eye patch, uh, which she was uh, homaged. You know, to put it nicely, in uh, Kill Bill with Daryl Hannah wearing the eye patch, this is where Tarantino to got it from. Put it nicely. Well, I didn't say rip off, uh, but this is where he got it from. Uh, you know, because all of his ideas are taken from someone else's, usually seventies movies, uh, and that's where this came from. Uh, but anyway, Thriller, cool, cool picture. Like I have it, as you can see, it's not a great movie uh, because there's all these scenes of slow motion. Like she'll shoot someone, and it'll be like no, 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 and it just goes into this long slow motion that goes on too long and it's really aggravating but other than that it's a fun movie but the reason i bring this movie up is there are two different there are two different versions of it one is just the regular version of it and but then there's also like the grindhouse like sleaze version that they created where they actually inserted uh moments of like full-on pornography in this movie where it's not even her having the sex they just filmed a stunt double uh, but like you know, there are movies like even in the in the cut version of this, there are like all these sex scenes, and it's just like her naked and making out with a guy. But what they did in like the uh, in the super sexy uh, version is they actually show like full penetration, like they show like it's a like full on like seventies porno with you know blowjobs and sex and like full on like intercut with this movie that's about this woman getting revenge with a shotgun, you know. So it's like this funny thing that. Uh, this subgenre of of sex films that just doesn't exist anymore, you know, because pornography is so prevalent, you can get it at the click of a mouse. It's everywhere on the internet, so you don't see you don't it. Have as to, much you don't have to. It doesn't have to be buried within uh, right. layers. Um, right. Do you think that she that eye patch also might have been added because at the time uh, David Bowie had that eye patch? Oh, for Christ's sake. Pretty freaky, man. Huh? Pretty freaky. Pretty freaky. Pretty, pretty freaky. So anyway, um, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of other trash that I want to get into uh, because this well, leads into another. Are we not? Are we? Do, are we about to be done talking about boobs and shit? No, not by a long shot. Because did we talk about it in books yet? No, no, I was going to get to that, but right now oh, okay. we're talking about like, the, the Hooter movies. Oh, okay. I, I was like, I thought we were about to change all the gears right here. No, no, like, no, 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 no. Whoa, no, back no, it up. 
no, beat, no. beat back the truck up. No, uh, not not by a long shot, baby. I mean, you've got that you, sexy you new, that sexy new tank top on. It's yeah, it's yellow, so it's like you know, approach with caution. It's you know, or tight proceed too. with caution. It's tight. Tight. Shows off the guns, mm. baby. It does. Every, and I also want to just point out to everybody, we are uh, an anti-sleever podcast, so, you know, we uh, we do not wear sleeves on this podcast. At least we, in the But summer. we respect the right for you uh, and will die for your right we to do. wear sleeves. We will defend it to the death. Till our death. Um, so back to Hooters. Mm. Um. Uh, TNA. TNA is what a lot of these movies were known as. Uh, and, and like I said, you don't see this as much anymore because there's not a need for it as much. Like, you know, like when you're a teenager, you couldn't get, back in there, you couldn't get pornography. And even if you're an adult, you would have to go to a video store and rent a porno movie. Like, the fucking embarrassment of that, I can't even imagine. Uh, or you would have to buy a porno mag, you know? Uh, but when you were younger, you would just have to hope that there were, you know, some TNA in like the action movie or horror movie that you're watching, you know? And so that's why it popped up so much in the seventies and eighties is like people wanted that, you know, cause you couldn't get it readily. Uh, whereas you can now. And also people are a bunch of crybabies now and too sensitive and they get mad when there's a hooter in a movie. So how, 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 how hard do you think like it was to go back in that back part of the video store and rent a hood, a, a hardcore hoarder, hooter movie is what I'll call it. Right. Um, right. Because I imagine, like, uh, at one point, it's like maybe the first time it's a little awkward, but after that, it's like, man, fuck it, everyone's jerk. Well, everyone, everyone, everyone jerks yeah. off. But yeah. that was the, that was the funny thing about it, though, is like mm. it wasn't like a porno store. No, it was, no, it was just your reg- like your regular mom and pop video store. Yeah, would with have the that back room. Yeah, where it was baby. like there'd be a beaded curtain and it would be lit up with a red light, you know. And I remember going to the video store and my old man would go in that room and I would just like drool over all the fucking horror movies and he would go in there and drool over all of the Amber Lynn movies, you know? That's so awesome. Uh, <laughs> Your dad would go into the fucking porn section and leave you out there. He would, dude. That's, that's what he did. That's, that's what he did. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's what he did. He would he would leave me and my sister out there to just wander around while he went in there and looked at and looked at, you know, VHS boxes with titties on them. I got to go make a phone call, kids. Pick out a movie and a video game. I'll be back yeah. in 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, he didn't even make excuses. He was just like, leave me alone, you know? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so any, anyway, um, we talked a little bit about some of the subgenres, uh, but we didn't get to the big one for me and probably for you too, which is the horror uh, Hooter movie. Uh, and that was like, you know, the, a lot of the slasher movies of the era were that you know like if you went to see a friday 13th movie you were probably going to get titties no Most there wasn't a probably it was a formula it followed like you had to have the titty like there had to be that time. sex that happened before most of the like, time there are some where you don't get that which is a shame like uh, um uh, part, six. part six part six dude you don't part get any sex titties. no it's not that's just, they should have called it like if they had called it like part sex jason lives with a boner you know it would have been a better movie but you know, I think I'm going to tell you this right now. I think that it lacked the nudity was because it came right after Roy and they were reeling from that. Then uh, they just they they were like, oh, we got to fucking do something. Yeah. How are we going to come back from this? And it was a misstep to well, not yeah. do yeah. the. So first of all, it was a huge misstep not to bring Roy back. Not Second, to bring Roy back. Absolutely. Huge, 
then the then the other well, misstep. Part five, part five had a, a, like a lot of um of sexy sexing, and this like they had to do a lot of cutting of that movie mm-hmm. for it to to pass the MPAA, and the big thing they had to cut, even though there's this movie with people getting killed by axes and getting their eyes gouged out with hedge clippers, the scene with um with uh, Susie Voorhees. You know, which was like the sexiest girl who was ever in a Friday the 13th movie. That scene, like, originally it was like a long sex scene of like her and and the guy, but they they cut it completely. And so all you see is them like laying down in the woods and you get to see her uh, incredible hooters and then it's over. And like, I think we mentioned this on the show before, it was like, it makes him look like Johnny Two Stroke, where it's like it's done immediately, you know, because because it was because of the editing. I mean, that's what that's what I said, too. Yeah. Just the editing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you always say. Yeah. yeah. You got to ride so, or you call someone or. So these movies, they like, this is the era of the scream queen. Now, just because you were a scream queen didn't mean that you got naked in, in a movie, but a lot of scream queens did. Um, and uh, that kind of leads me into my next thing where I was going to talk about uh, horror movies that have a lot of skin, uh, TNA horror films. Uh, yeah. And I don't just mean Friday the 13th movies. I mean movies that really get into the TNA. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we get into that, did you want to talk about any uh, Nazi exploitation or black exploitation? Like, I feel like I'm dominating this because I'm really passionate about this and I know I can go on and on. Do you have any ones that you want to bring up? Um, I'm, you know, and that's for, that's fine because this is your passion and I'm learning more from you. Um, I've, I mean, I piped up when I've seen the, the ones that I've seen, yeah. uh, that you're, that you're talking about, which, uh, so I have a pretty good grasp on it. Um, but yes, I, I, I mean, I, I talked about on another episode where we rented, uh, at like a, a theater sleepover, uh, as a way to, to cheat the UIL, but, and have extra practice, uh, lock in me and my buddies rented um uh fucking um sleepover massacre slumber party massacre to slumber watch party. like because yeah. we knew it had like hooters because we were like yeah. hey you know but like it just was it was just that like four of us in the room watching it by ourselves while the yeah, girls you, were yeah, out you, you did yeah, tell so, the story yeah. so like I, I would watch those um but I would say I, I would comment like nowadays, I think because things have changed, they don't make these movies anymore. But I think it is because of the the re- like the readily available, right. you know, sec- how sex is so right. fucking accessible now. It uh, is. I, I get like I love. Hey, man, I love to throw. I love it when they throw Hooters in a movie today. No doubt, but when I don't want to see people kissing and making out, I do not want to see a sex scene in a movie. Just like skip over it, just Hitchcock that shit where you just pull back to the fucking street and let me imagine that it happened because it's fucking. I, I like, I don't get anything from it. Maybe, uh, you know, I just, you know, I go to, I know where I go to my my sex online or whatever, and it's not in your movie. um, What do you feel? I I 100% disagree with that. I love when there's sex in a regular movie, I love it. I don't. I just. It's maybe it's done. Done. Maybe it's they can't do it right now. But correctly, I, I mean, like they it. can't do it correctly. If like right. if there's a movie and a woman takes off her clothes or her clothes, I am so happy. So no, happy. I'm saying I'm fine with that. But I don't want to see a sex scene uh, in I a do. modern movie. I don't want to see like a, you know, making out. God, I hate watching people make out. Okay. Just kissing in movies. 
kissing in porno is like a definite no-no. I don't want to see that at all. But okay, I definitely heard it here first. John Wayne hates kissing. I like. I don't want to <laughs> see kissing. It kind of. It's kind of sicks me out. It's kind of gross to watch people kiss, isn't it? It's fucked up. Anyway. Okay. Ew, ew, ew. Don't make that noise. That's gross. Um, Isn't that the noise you make when you kiss? No, God, no. That's horrible. Um, mm. All right, everybody. We interrupt this episode of Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne uh, because we wanted to bring a very special guest into the studio. This is our first guest ever on the show, uh, but we thought it was important to bring a female perspective in on our episode all about smut. Uh, so with us in the studio is Miss Tangi Silva, a personal friend of mine, uh, and she's going to talk a little bit about the female perspective of smut in cinema and literature. Uh, Tangi is a uh, vice president of a fashion magazine in New York City, so she's not just some bimbo who's like, yay, smut. She actually knows what she's talking about, ladies and gentlemen. So Tangi, really good to have you here. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on show Christopher and also John Wayne I'm a huge fan of the show and very happy to be here to talk about this subject known as smut, <laughs> smut. delicious smut um, so again we wanted to have the female perspective on this too because we feel that's important to this particular topic uh, so Tangie why don't you tell us a little bit because you enjoy smut you have an interest in uh, this genre so why don't you tell us a little bit about your own introduction smut cinema okay first of all I would just like to say I'm a huge fan of the show obviously um, full disclaimer I've known Christiana for basically since I was 14 um, and am help taking care of him right now um, after his rotator cuff surgery so I've kind of got pulled into this but we're gonna make it fun because the vodka's kicking in so let's go now Huge fan of Smut. Um, I think right now, Smut is actually like something that people really need right now. It's absolutely nudity, fun, good times, a lot of laughs. Like um, I always say, you change your perspective, you change your life. And we're going to do it with a little bit of vodka, and it's going to be super fun. But I've always been into Smut. I have a bunch of notes, just like Triana. <laughs> Go figure. Maybe it's a Palm Bay thing. I don't know. But my introduction to smut actually came from, and I'm sorry, Mom and Dad. My parents were some of the first people that ever had HBO and Cinemax and all of that stuff. And because my parents worked in um, the entertainment industry, there was a TV in every room, including my bedroom. So I was the girl that was sneaking and watching like Real Sex and the Skinamax with um, Shannon Tweed. Shout out Shannon Tweed. Shannon Tweed. <laughs> Shannon Tweed. Sorry, vodka. Um, and just sort of like watching that stuff simply because I was curious. And I think that's the whole thing about smut that um, I find interesting. It's taboo. You're not supposed to watch it. Um, it's something, especially like for women, we're not supposed to be sexual beings we're the, the, it, it, until a man tells us that we're supposed to be 
Um, so the fact that sexuality was something that was held behind closed doors, I was turning on the television like late at night watching like real sex and HBO to kind of like figure out, hey, what is this thing that I'm not supposed to be seeing? And then what's the big fucking deal? Right, right. So you had the HBO, you had the Cinemax because you were a Richie Rich, uh, Richie Regina, uh, as you were. I'm a Cheryl Blossom. I am not a Betty or a Veronica. <laughs> okay. Cheryl Blossom. Let's Cheryl be Blossom. Clear. Uh, so you have the Cinemax, the Skinemax, as it was called in the 90s. Uh, you had that interest in it. So tell us about some of the movies in particular that drew you in uh, to, to this genre. Well, it's not even, uh, like I said, like, I was very obsessed with um, the real sex sort of HBO series, which I still am to this day. Um, I actually remember watching it when it was Real Sex 2. I think that was the 80s. I don't know. But it wasn't just that. Like, so there was also, I think you guys picked up on this, like, on the other show, screwball comedies. Yep. I love screwball comedies <laughs> because they are so motherfucking fun. Um, I loved Zapped. I mean... Scott Bayo, rest in power. Scott, Scott <laughs> Bayo, rest in power. But, like, the entire movie is these guys just trying to, like, use their mind to, like, have girls' boobs pop out or, like, look up yeah, their it's, skirts. It's an upskirt movie. It's an upskirt movie. And you know what? As a female, I don't know, maybe I wasn't supposed to be into it, but I was kind of like rooting for the guys. <laughs> and you know what? I root for the guys because I root for the girls at the same time. Because you know what? A lot of the females in, in these movies, like, they're trying to be sexy. They want guys to like them in, in that area. And also... The thing that I lot of I think a lot of people like look down upon is that they think that they're being objectified. I don't think that they are. Yes, and this is something that I definitely wanted to talk to you about because we were talking about this the other day, just in my backyard, um, as we do. Because uh, I was telling you a little bit about the the the, you know, the smut episode that John Wayne and I did, and this is where I thought, oh man, you'd be the perfect female guest to talk about this uh, because of some of the things you were saying. Uh, so we definitely want to talk cover this about. Um, Feminism and the difference between objectification of women, exploitation of women, and uh, women empowering themselves through their sexuality. Yeah, but like I said, like especially with these upskirt movies and screwball comedies, um, a lot of the sort of the the women or female figures that these men usually they're dorks and they're just trying to get laid and all of that stuff. But like the females that are in it, they're they're the popular girls. They're beautiful. They know that they're beautiful. They know the sexuality that they wield, and they wield it uh, uh, like they are like ruling queens over like this entire like movie, and they're the ultimate goal. This is the right. thing that women, you know, it, it, everyone's sitting there saying, and they're being objectified. I'm like, actually, they're not. They know that they are the object of someone's desire, and they they exploit it. They're the ones that are exploiting like their power, like zapped. Not even that, like mischief, which I just recently watched because I mean we lost 
Kelly Preston. Kelly Preston. Rest in power. I mean, one of the most amazing, beautiful females ever. But I was obsessed with the movie Mischief, which, if you haven't seen it, look it up, get into it. It was a nineteen. It was based about like the nineteen fifties, um, and it's just like this dorky guy who just wants to have sex with Kelly Preston. Who doesn't? But that man's name was John Travolta. No. <laughs> Some other guy who went on to do nothing else. But it was the 1950s, and I remember I was obsessed with this movie. I don't know why. Probably because of the Fats Domino soundtrack, which is amazing. It was the 1950s. But also, it's one of those things where it's like they're just trying to get laid. And what I found interesting was once he finally and this is where just the tip comes in like this is this is where i was introduced for just the tip or he's like i oh, just just the tip i'm just a little bit and then they actually have sex like real sex he can't believe it he didn't pull out made major error gentlemen if you say just the tip or you're gonna pull out don't fucking lie. At least pull out. At least pull out. <laughs> be kind. But the whole thing was, he was like, he thought that she was a virgin. And she so wasn't. Yeah. And she was like, oh, grow up, Jonathan. I still remember that. Thank you, Kelly Preston. Because it was just like, she was a strong female character. She was an object of desire. Of desire. They all wanted to screw her, but she had already screwed, so she kind of like took the power back. Right, right, she did. Uh, on, to build upon that, we were talking about how, you know, we live in times now where people are very sensitive, uh, and we have the Me Too movement, which is a very important movement, uh, but it's supposed to, uh, you know, uh, represent uh, women who have been, or and men as well, but people who have been uh, molested or, or sexually assaulted, and that's a really important thing. But some people take it a little bit too far, um, and we had talked about that, you and me, we had talked about that behind the lines, about how some people view smut and pornography as being victimization, but it's not necessarily, it can be, but it's not necessarily automatically victimization. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about that, please. Well, I mean, I think my whole big point is um, portraying it just has to be close to what you I know way up in my face um, no, I the just, microphone that is the microphone <laughs> well no I mean obviously I'm a feminist <laughs> um, and all of that stuff and the Me Too movement is incredible I think every female has experienced um sexual harassment and, and all of that stuff. But at the same time, like I say, you change your perception, you change your life, and you can change the narrative. Um, just because something happens to you doesn't make every woman a victim. Um, and I think um, with the conversation that's going on now, People are saying, I'm not a victim, I'm a survivor, but at the same time, I think um, not everything is 
sexual harassment, I don't think that females have to take a position of being passive. I don't think I'm passive. I have a voice. I have a brain. Um, I can say things that are not okay. But at the same time, also, I'm, I'm not a baby doll. I am a sexual being. I have tits, vagina, like all of that stuff. I, I like can confirm this. <laughs> I like sex. I enjoy it. And a lot of the times, you know what? If you look at a lot of different things, like women are in positions of power. You know, I own my sexuality and I own like the sexual power that I can have over men, women, and hey, I'm open to everything. And children. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you had a really interesting, <laughs> I'm kidding. You had a really interesting uh, definition of the word bitch. Would you like to give us that? Uh, well, bitch, I kind of like stole from a book. I forget who it was, but it means babe in total control of herself. So once again, it's how you view yourself and also how you view other things. I mean, in terms of smut, I think a lot of people, everyone's just too fucking serious, man. Yeah. Like, you know what? Tits are fun. Sex is fun. Nakedness is fun. Like, when, when did the comedy and pleasure, like, go out of that? And then also, when did it become, like, we're just exploiting women? Yes. You're not, you're, a lot of these women are not being exploited. Um, you know, it, if anyone did their research, they would learn that a lot of these women are college educated. They were... Well, well porn stars is what you're saying. Like, the, it, women in porn, people in the sex industry. I, I just want to make that, that clear for our listeners. Not even that. Not even that. Just women also that are found in quote-unquote smut films. Right. Like, I did my research. Um, Mary... I can't even pronounce her last name. I'm so sorry. Oranov. She played Miss Togar. And anyone who's ever seen Rock and Roll High School, she is the woman that always plays like the prison guard or like the matriarch. And it there's always these lesbian overtones where it's like, oh, she's gonna come for you. Guess what? She was adopted by a surgeon, grew up in Brooklyn Heights, and got, I don't know. A degree from Cornell. Do you have a degree from Cornell? Do you think a woman who grew up being highly educated from an affluent background would go into these quote-unquote smut films and, and, and be exploited? I do not think so. Right. And this also brings me to the other realm of people thinking that every female in porn is being exploited because right. they are not. Right. Yeah, and I definitely wanted you to talk about that because that was one of the things um, we were talking about in the lawn, uh, <laughs> in the lawn as we do, uh, and how um, there's this misconception. And again, there, you can definitely be a victim in pornography. There definitely has been that and continues to be that. Yes. But a lot of the time you have this misconception that, uh, that it's all uh, victimization. So I wanted you to talk about that a little bit too. Okay, so... Victimization. Obviously, okay, so full disclaimer, um, I am a person that has been very fascinated by the sex industry, not only 
porn, but sex workers, and I've read so many books, I've watched so many documentaries, um, Pornocopia, Going Down in the Valley, highly recommend it for anyone that's listening to this. It's a great view on the porn industry, but also... But, but more than that, you also have read books on it. Yes. Books, everything, um, in so many different capacities, and the thing that I find fascinating about quote-unquote sex work, everyone says it's the oldest profession, and it is, and also, um, at the same time, it's something that a lot of females have had to fall back on decades, like, I mean, it's like the fallback, but also a lot of these females, even though a lot of them are exploited, they are trafficked, it is really sad. Some of them have been able to harness that and make great careers out of them. Um, and one that I just recently like got caught up to speed on, Ginger Lynn, love her. She has been touted as one of the top seven um, porn actresses that have ever like come across the adult entertainment. Come across. Yes. Hashtag phrasing. Hashtag phrasing. Hashtag phrasing. I gotta jump on a little bit. But um, Ginger Lynn, I mean, I also would like to give shouts out to Dave's Old Porn. Dave Attell did this amazing series. Of course, it only lasted two seasons because anything that I like only lasts two seasons. Yeah, anything good is canceled immediately. Exactly. Um, so he basically has this collection of like old porn from the 70s and 80s, and he shows it, and then he has a bunch of people come on, and Ginger Lynn actually came on, and she said... Prior to this one video that they're actually watching, she had only seen one other dick and had only seen one, had only one other lesbian, like, pussy play encounter with somebody prior to shooting this porn film. And she was like, I was in Hawaii, on the island of Kauai. She's like, and I'm having sex with this guy who's amazing cock. Um, and these women who were beautiful, she's like, and I quote, a great time in the sunshine, one of the most free, um, carefree, exhilarating times of her life. That doesn't really sound like a victim. Does not sound like a victim at all. And even when she's watching it with Dave Attell, like 20 years later, she is having a ball. She's also sitting on the couch between Dave Attell and Joe Rogan. Two, <laughs> two super, I, I mean, dudes. Like, they're full-on dudes. They're very smart. And they are sitting there like little girls between her. She is putting her arms around them. She's like, this is my first anal scene. I've never seen this. And, like, they are being... Very like, like dorky guys, yeah. like guys, I mean, guys from like the Zapped 
and Weird Science and like it, those are those guys. Whereas Ginger Lynn, where she's supposed to be like, uh, you think that she would be like, oh my god, that's my first and all. Like, uh, don't look at this. She's like hanging out with them, and she's owning what she did, and she's saying that it was one of the best times of her lives. And she went on to make a lot of money off of this. And she looks back on it and she has no shame, no qualms, does not say that anyone took advantage of her. And she's like, I parlayed that into a great career. Right. And that's, uh, that's exactly what I wanted you to, to mention. Uh, but it's funny that you mentioned the whole thing where uh, David Tell and Joe Rogan were kind of like nervous and squeamish. And I think that falls into what you were saying about... Uh, female empowerment when it comes to smut and pornography and sexuality in general where you know like you they kind of take it back from the guy where like the guy is the one who is dominating and like pressuring but when they take their own like control of it like you see how guys can kind of cower away from a, a woman who is uh, sexually dominant yeah no definitely but also she is not the only one who kind of like sort of like, I mean, she had a different beginning, mm -hmm. but you actually gave me um, Tracy Lord's biography. I did. Underneath it all. And because, um, as, as, like, I, I don't know if we've said initially, but uh, Tangie has a fascination, I think we said this, that with yes. uh, the, the industry, with the, the sex worker industry. And so, um, as we mentioned on the show with John Wayne and I, uh, Tracy Lords is my personal favorite porn star, but I acknowledge the fact that she had some very tough times and that pornography wasn't always good to her. But she's still my favorite. Uh, and so I want I did give you this book and I wanted you to talk about uh, Tracy Lords a little bit as well. Yes. I highly recommend everybody buy it, support Tracy. I mean, I've always loved her. My first introduction to her was with a lot of people in Crybaby, where she plays Wanda who um, actually, if you also watch, I watch too many documentaries. Um, if you watch um, Divine or anything having to do with John Waters, uh, this character, he called her a sexual terrorist. Um, and if you actually read Tracy's book, yes, she unfortunately, she got the fuzzy end of it man um, she she came from a really rough family um, that I guess you could say I mean she was from Ohio but single mom Ohio enough said at single mom uh, you know uh, abusive alcoholic father um, it, it's an amazing book like to read and was she exploited to some point yeah, but at the same time, you have to give the girl props for being, unfortunately, raped at a very young age, impregnated by a very young age, um, not having a whole lot of, like, um, good parental references or anything. And then the people that actually she thought were taking care of her, because, I mean, 
a guy that's taking you to audition for penthouse um, and is molesting you in the middle of the night is kind of better than no parent at all. Like it's very complex and I don't want to even get into that. But the thing that I love about Tracy was she said, and I wrote a quote because I write down everything. Um, Shit. You have a lot of notes, which is I very have, impressive. I have like, a lot of notes. I was so impressive of how, like, impressed by how many notes you took for this. I know. You write down sexual terrorists. I'm like, what are you <laughs> going to do? And, like, female empowerment and whatnot. But. Well, Tracy, uh, Tracy, you know, for those who may not know, I mean, she was the uh, underage porn star. Um. You know, and that was a big controversy. But she went on to be much more than that. She did a porn film uh, before. I mean, after she was, when she was finally of age, she did one final porn film called Tracy, I Love You. But then she broke away from pornography and she went into making films with John Waters and uh, other people. She was in Blade and Skinner and a bunch of uh, you know like horror or sub horror films. Um, and so you know, she was a she's a very celebrated cult uh, figure at this point too, not just known for her uh, pornographic films. Yeah, no, she definitely did that and she had a hard time doing it, but eventually she came around and she legally changed her name to Tracy Elizabeth Lords and she was like, because that's who I am and that's who I was going to fucking be, basically. She was like, that is my past, that is my history, but she kind of embraced it. Um, but also, a lot of people don't understand that she was only actually in porn for like two years. Mm -hmm. And she was 15 to 17 years old and was going through like early tough time, um, you know, just trying to find a place to live and then also dealing with drugs. But and she was also the, um, the, like the porn star of the era. Like she was the most highly sought after High, most highly paid porn star at the time. Yes. I mean, she was. Yes. <laughs> I concur. I can concur with him on this one. So, um, moving on uh, from Tracy on. Lords. Moving um, on from Tracy. Uh, we wanted to talk about some other things, uh, including um, your your porn industry fascination. Uh, we you know like we talked a little bit about that, but. I mean, I like like you were saying earlier. I've known you since you were fourteen, and uh, you've always been kind of interested. I remember, like you know, like we were high school sweethearts, uh, and I remember full disclosure. Full disclosure, and I remember we would go to see movies together. We we're both big movie buffs, particularly indie films and stuff like that. Cause we Only because of you, he groomed me well. I did, you know, because sarcasm. Because we were it. we were super cool, so we went to see movies. Uh, and, uh, like, we saw movies like The People versus Larry Flint, and, uh, movies like Boogie Nights, and we were like, fuck yeah, this is, this is amazing, uh, and, uh, Boogie Nights remains to this day your favorite movie. Boogie Nights is still my favorite movie of all time, but that's a completely different... <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole like, other podcast. Yeah. I can so get into that, but... But, but we're not, we're like... The point of me bringing this up is talking about like your personal interest in the industry. If you wanted to talk a little bit about that, 
I think my whole fascination, not only with the sex work industry, is simply, um, if you look, about sex itself. I mean, sex is something that everybody wants. At the end of the day, look at it. Napoleon, like, look, <laughs> no, seriously, Napoleon, Napoleon, Caesar, like, these guys had women that dominated, I mean, like, Cleopatra and Caesar and Mark Anthony and that whole thing, at the end of the day, what is something that will make the most powerful men fall to their knees and jeopardize all of their power? All, uh, like, I, I, I mean, empires crumble for sex. Empires crumble, especially, and most importantly, for the quote-unquote mistresses, the taboo ones, mm. the ones that aren't supposed to be sexual, the ones that are supposed to be behind closed doors. Right. Louis the Fourteenth and all of his mistresses? Are you fucking kidding me? Those women wielded power. They wielded power and it came from their female wiles, their sexuality, and all of that stuff. Were they victimized? Maybe. Probably. But you know what they did? They were like, guess what? We're still gonna run an entire fucking country. <laughs> and, that's, and that's a really good point to bring up, is that like all these men of power essentially were just trying to prove themselves to women that they were attracted to. I think that's how it all goes in, in the history of humanity. You know what? If you don't have a big dick, well then you better pull out some power. Yes, and Napoleon probably didn't have a big dick. And actually, you know what? I'm gonna... <laughs> no, no, no. Shout out to the short dudes. Call me. Call me. Um, because we love a tripod. Um, and also... <laughs> Seriously. Napoleon, tripod, you heard it here first. You know, Ziggy Piggy. Ziggy Piggy. Waterloo. <laughs> Let out that water. Oh. Okay, so do we have anything else we wanted to go over before we uh, wrap up on Napoleon tripod? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of wanted to go back to like there. the introduction to Smut, though, because you guys always talk a lot about, you guys tend to go towards like movies a lot on the podcast which yes. i love i love because i'm a total like film dork but the introduction to smut besides like the late night hbo and stuff can we all get into usa up all night with Rhonda Shear and sometimes gilbert godfrey but that was the show that you would watch late at night that would have all these smut movies. Absolutely. And they were amazing. And there was smut, but also this is where it comes into the horror genre. Horror and smut are like interlinked so well. I mean, whether it's like some girl running through the woods, like away from a guy with like a machete and her tops off and kids are flying around. A good movie, as I know. Great movie. Great movie. <laughs> Last House on the Left, I Spit on Your Grave, um, insert anything here, <laughs> pun intended, but... I would watch stupid things, and I'm just going to throw a couple things out based off my notes. 
Assault of the Killer Bimbos. Can, can we get into that? I totally did. Absolutely. <laughs> Cheerleaders Beach Party. Obviously. <laughs> so great. Um, a movie, and also, Christiana was into horror because of his grandmother. I used to watch Best Little Horror House in Texas with my grandma on <laughs> USA <laughs> all night. Thanks, Awalita. Love you. Um, but then you also had, like, Ski Patrol. But on USA Up All Night, they didn't just do the tit flicks. They did fun things like Black Christmas, Dead, Dead Ringers, Crazy Cronenberg, yeah. weird-ass shit. Yeah. You got that stuff. You got all of the Friday 13s. You got Evil Dead. You got... I already said Chopping Mall. You didn't. Say Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall. Wes Southern's favorite film. Shout out, Wes. <laughs> Shout out, Wes. <laughs> Inside joke, there. Just keep going. I know. But, so then you had all of that stuff. But then, can we just get into how much I love the Russ Meyer films? Please do. We'll make this our, 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 final, uh, our final rant, because Russ Meyer is a favorite final. of mine as well. Uh, as you know, I've got the uh, Super Deluxe box set. Um, so yeah, please please get into Russ Meyer. As a busty woman, I feel it's your responsibility to get into Russ Meyer. <laughs> Thank you for saying that I am busty. I have tits. <laughs> they're, they're pretty fucking epic. They um, are. <laughs> but I love the Russ Meyer films because it also brings in to the whole thing about it, it there's an intersection between horror and camp and smut and it all just gets together and it gets down and dirty but the thing that I love about it is that it's fun and satirical and also if you actually really watch it and pay attention it's it's a commentary on society. Yes. And also, what is wrong with nudity? What is wrong with people having sex? I think America has this puritanical, like, stick in the ass that it needs to take yes. out. Yes. I, 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 I'm so glad you said that because that's, that's the problem that we run into when we get into this political correctness is that we get into this puritanical censorship uh, repressed sexuality. Absolutely. Yeah. And that comes from... I, I don't know. Salem Trials. She's a witch. Burn her. Why? Because she had sex with that married guy. But he's okay. But she should die. Um, but the Russ Meyer films, I actually love. Because a lot of people feel that because it's big, gorgeous, beautiful... The most beautiful women that I have ever seen. Props to any woman who has been into those. Um, because those women are fucking beautiful. But at the same time, I do not see them as victims. I do not see them as exploited. Um, number one, case in point, Faster Faster. Um, faster Pussycat. Faster Pussycat. Sorry, vodka. Kill Kill. Tara Santana, who, if you're a freak like me, 
um, knows that she was actually Elvis Presley's um, mistress slash girlfriend. Um, and he actually was obsessed with her, dated her a lot. He actually supposedly lost his virginity to her. Um, really? Yes. And she was actually on the uh, vaudeville um, stripping circuit. And that's where he kind of came across her. And he started dating her, but it had to be on the side. And everybody was like, you can't be dating like a hoochie-coochie girl. Right, because he still tried to project this image of a uh, good old farm boy. A yeah. good old farm boy. But he dated... Um, for, Satanica. For, uh, Satanica. Satan. <laughs> um... But if you also look at her, it was okay for him to date a 15-year-old girl <laughs> um, and then dress her up like tourists. Well, yeah. well, he did the same thing with Priscilla, too, like where he had these underage girls. And that was like no, said, this is, okay. no, this is, he dressed Priscilla up to look like her. The reason, like Priscilla. No, Priscilla looks like Tura Santana. Okay, so he dressed up who to look like who? No. He dated, he dated Tura Santana. He was super in love with her, and they were like, yeah, but she's a hoochie-coochie girl, so you can't be with her. She was also, I forget if she was, she was a person of color. Kind of, yeah, she was. No. Yeah. Well, she, I mean, she wasn't you know, black, but she, she was, um, yeah, that some includes ethnicity, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember Asian what. Yeah. American. Was she Asian? Yes. Yes? Okay. Yes. So they were like, there's that. Also, she's a hoochie-coochie girl. She's <laughs> not on brand, but you know what? This 15-year-old, totally cool, called Jerry Lee Lewis. It's not that bad. And that's Priscilla. And it was Priscilla. Right, right. And so when you see Priscilla, especially like on her wedding day and everything that it, everyone's like, that's just like the 60s look. No, it was Tura Santana. And he basically took a 15 year old girl, groomed her, made her look like the fully fucking empowered woman. Right. Yeah. That was Tura Santana that everyone Pamela DeBars, if you look at all of these other groupies, that's a whole band-aids, that's a whole another thing. But he basically took the female that he wanted and had to impose it on a 15-year-old girl. Wow. And Tura was the one that was wrong. She was right. the, she was she was not allowed. Yeah, because she was the hoochie coochie girl. She but, was the hoochie Yeah, but meanwhile, here's Elvis dressing up a 15-year-old girl, trying to turn her into that. And, uh, and yeah, like, he's okay. Elvis Presley, rest in power. Yeah. <laughs> Elvis Presley, rest in power. Like, but at the same time, Tura, if you actually, once again, do your fucking research, ladies and gentlemen, she did not drink. She did not do drugs. No shit. She did not hook up with hardly anybody. She was like the boring, straight-laced. She was like, I am doing my job. 
this is what I do. All the mob guys wanted to be with her. She was like, I'm not fucking around with this. And that's the wow. whole thing. A lot of these females that a lot of people think that are exploited do not do their fucking research. These women are smart. They knew what they were doing. They harnessed, like, their feminine wiles. And they were not sorry for it. And they weren't all sluts either, as, as you've made clear. You know, well, like, you know what? Slut is another fucking thing. Well, you know what I mean, though. Like, yeah, I know. Like, the, the slut shaming thing is a bad thing, too. But, I mean, they weren't... Like, there's this attitude that, oh, well, you know, maybe they were strong and empowered, but they were also... You know, they just slept around with everybody, and that's not always true, as as is the case with Satana or Elvira. But uh, yes, also Elvira, who was another great groupie who had an opportunity to sleep with Jimi Hendrix, but she didn't. Um, she saved it for Tom Jones, <laughs> as we've talked about on the show. Uh, no. <laughs> um, no, but also it, it, it the thing about like. Slut is actually something that was created by men, but unfortunately it's propagated by females, um, which I think is also really sad, you know. Now, do you have a cool, like, like uh, acronym for slut, too, like sexy ladies, ultimate uh, tower power, or I don't know, something? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I do not. Well, the bitch one was really good. So before <laughs> well, we're... I stole that from a book. Well, um, it's really good, so I'm going to credit it to you. Um, Tanji, really appreciate you giving your perspective on all of this and your insight. Uh, before we go, is there any other things you wanted to mention real fast? Just wanted to mention, um, especially now at this time, you know, during the Me Too movement, which I think is amazing. Um, I think a lot of people are looking down on smut in a way that I think is inappropriate, quite honestly. Like, smut is natural, smut is fun. Um, just because, like, you see tits or, like, there is sex or anything like that, I think America is, like, puritanical about it I think a lot of people are really quick to judge and say that females are being exploited and guess what we're not fucking stupid we have brains we have boobs we have all of this stuff and I find it really insulting thinking that um, anything that involves that means that we're being exploited and then also Dave's old porn, I would like to point out, had many, many female comics. Amy Schumer, Kathy Griffin, Margaret Cho, all of them have been on that, like, show, and they're watching porn, and they find the joy in it, and they find, a, like, smut, I think, goes beyond um, just, like, Porn and exploitation. Mm. I I think smut is something that incorporates satire and comedy. And if you can't find fun in fucking, then you're not gonna get through life. Man. 
I think that's a wonderful way to wrap it up. <laughs> uh, Tandy Silva, uh, again, vice president of a undisclosed fashion magazine in New York City. She makes more money than John and Wayne and I put together could ever imagine. So she she knows what she's talking about, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tangi, I love you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Vodka's really kicking in now. <laughs> okay, that's it. Very good. Very, very good. Horror movies that have TNA uh, really became more prevalent in the 70s and the 80s, particularly the 80s. Uh, and as I was mentioning before, uh, Scream Queens became a big thing. For those of you who aren't familiar, I, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is, but for those who aren't, Scream Queens were women who uh, were in horror movies and were usually what's known as the survivor girl. Uh, and sometimes girl. they got killed. You know, the final girl, the survivor girl. Sometimes they weren't, though. Sometimes they were the girls who got killed. But they're like, you know, there would be these hot girls getting chased by a maniac in a mask or whatever. Uh, and they were known as scream queens because they would scream and scream and scream through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you had your, you know, your scream queens like Jamie Lee Curtis and stuff who weren't just, you know, a, a, a hot piece of ass on the camera. Uh, not that she isn't attractive, because she is, but, like, she, like, didn't get naked in Halloween and stuff like that. But in a lot of these other movies, particularly... Trading when, places? No, she did She did get... She did get topless in some movies, but I'm saying... That's not how to, she, she made her, like, fucking name. No, yeah, and she isn't known for just being naked and stuff. Uh, but a lot of these other... Screen queens were like uh, Linnea Quigley, for example, who's in Night of the Demons and Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Return of the Living Dead. She's like naked in almost every fucking movie. Savage That's Streets, out. you know, another great one. Um, but yeah, uh, so you had like these scream queens who were really known for uh, being sexy and running around in lingerie and stuff, like through the whole movies and whatever. Uh, and so that brings us to uh, you know the horror. TNA films, particularly in the 80s, TNA was a very big part of horror films, uh, which added to their reputation as being trash, because you would have these women who were half naked, and then all of a sudden they'd be like covered in blood, and they'd be getting, you know, their heads chopped off and stuff, Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, that's quality cinema, I love that stuff, Yeah, you know, god damn it, I I love it as well, it's Um, fiction, you know, there's a lot of great, fuck, you know, uh, did we mention the woman that stars in in the movie Mausoleum when we uh, in, in Sque- uh, Scream Queens? No, but that's a good. She, that's a yeah, yeah. That's a good uh, good one to mention. Yeah. Yeah. What was her name again? Um, I don't remember uh, off the top of my head. That was pretty much. The only uh, thing I will she look was it up. She was a she was a Playboy bunny. Yeah, she was a Playboy bunny. She was in a yeah, lot yeah. of things actually. I believe. Mm, no? Not so much. She was beautiful. That, I, I like. Yeah, she was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I, I was because I watched that recently. It's on. It's on Shutter. So I'm not. I don't need to get, give any passwords out. But, mm-hmm. um, I watched it and I was like, damn. Like as soon as she like came out on like the deck and she like had her boobies out, I was oh, like, yeah, who, yeah. who is this girl? And yeah, I'm not ashamed to admit. Like, I'll totally look up uh, like like actresses when I see them. Well, like, yeah, or, like, especially like anybody in Rock of Love. The Brett Michaels special was all they were all porn stars. I looked them all up. Um, but <laughs> of course they were. Um of course they were. Yeah. Um, of yeah, course. She, uh, her name is She was like that movie is ridiculous too, because like 
it's like has to do with possession and stuff. And like in one scene, her boobs become monsters. Oh, and that's awesome. That oh, is so awesome. Great. I went, I went back like and actually rewound it a couple of times just to watch it. Like I probably watched that part four times. And then on the fifth time I, I recorded it to put on my like Instagram story. Her name is Bobby breezy. Mm-hmm. And she was a playboy bunny. Yep. And, uh, and she did Mausoleum, and that was pretty much the end. That was pretty much the end of her career. No, uh, she but, did Evil Spawn, Surf Nazis Must Die. She was in Ghoulies. She was in... She was in Ghoulies. She was in Ghoulies. That's mm-hmm. right. No, that is her in Ghoulies so, for like a minute. She's in it for like a minute. Something but yeah. Famous Monsters. I don't know what that uh, that is. And something called Social Suicide. So she was still in a few movies. Um, Mostly she, movies that no one saw, though. Um, right. But... Yeah. But no, but, she is in Ghoulies. You're right about that. And but Mausoleum, Surf Nazis Must Die has a cult it's got following. It's got a cult following. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but but uh, yeah, she's gorgeous. I thought yeah. she was gorgeous. I wish no, she I, is. She is. She is. And that's the I, thing. Like, we, like, here we had like these crazy horror movies. Some of them were cheap and forgotten, like Mausoleum. But even if the movie didn't have awesome story even if it didn't have crazy kills or or excessive gore what you did have is they would give you some blue-eyed honey-haired big-titted piece of cheesecake and god bless them for it (laughs) and that was the uh, the not too like they were trying to strike a balance i guess but uh you know they would have to bad bad horror movies are typically tipped in you know when they try to make them better that's going to be tipped heavier in the titty side probably sure because that's an easy way to make a movie better yeah put titties in it back then and now anytime allegedly (laughs) not allegedly even man titties i like i like to see a good dude with his shreddedness and i say look at that well like when brad pitt takes his shirt off in uh a movie I'm sure you haven't seen once upon a time in Hollywood. He's like 52. That's a 52 year old man, dude. He is ripped beyond He's belief. He's a pretty man. He's a pretty yeah. man. And like, and, that's the thing. Like, like women, gay men, whoever, like, like that, that stuff belongs in movies too. Like it shouldn't just be about seeing hot chicks. Like just like any kind of sex appeal in a movie. I am, I support it hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind. I, I don't get, I don't get all hot and bothered seeing Brad Pitt the way you do, but I do appreciate that he's like in a movie shirtless and like, you know, he's like, he's like 75 years old and he's got the ripped abs. Like, I appreciate all that. Um, I, you know, I don't freeze frame it for 20 minutes like you do, but I do appreciate it. I do like it. I'm glad right. that it's there. Just so we know, I did not freeze frame it as many times as I freeze framed uh, him in Fight Club, but. <laughs> You know, that's something to, uh, and also what just hang dong. Let's just, you got to hang a dong, hang dong out there. I don't have a problem with that. I don't need that in the movies. But to get back on track, talking about Scream Queens and the sexy ones, uh, I mean, they're all sexy for the most part, but the ones that really showed some skin. Uh, and I mentioned her earlier, I'm going to mention her again. Uh, I think the most famous uh, TNA Scream Queen is Linnea Quigley, uh, mm-hmm. who was in all the movies I mentioned earlier. Uh, So here's something. Here's a little gem that some of you may not know about. Uh, This is Linnea Quigley's horror workout. And I've got to turn my thing here because you can't really see. Uh, This is Linnea Quigley's horror workout. Uh, This came out in the 80s, and it's exactly what it sounds like. 
It's not a movie. It's a workout video, but they do stuff that's horror-themed. Like, and it's hilarious, because uh, for one thing, she's not doing a real serious workout. She's just kind of, like, dancing and moving back and forth and going, like, day, day, day. You know, it's it's really, like, a ridiculous, and, stupid workout, right? It's but really this is hard. also, like, piggybacked on the fact that that is a popular thing at the time. Like, these these aerobics Sexy videos yeah, yeah. Were, were something that was happening, like, um, yeah, and absolutely. this was kind of like a play on it. Uh, I just no, want to give I just want to give a shout out for our millennial listeners that may not know about that. There's no millennials anything. listening to this at all. Yep, uh, not, <laughs> not one. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's like sexy young girls die in a slumber party massacre workout. Linnea shape up the living dead through zombie size. <laughs> zombie size actually says that on the cover. Um, but yeah, like it's just like it's her doing these workouts. But oh my god, it's so funny. Like they'll, they'll incorporate some horror stuff into it, and it would be like her working out by a pool. And then all these zombies show up, and they're, like, coming out of the bushes and stuff. And, like, they're going to attack her, but she's just like, you zombies are pathetic. Look how out of shape you are. You're skin and bones. I'll get you in shape. And then she starts working out, and all the zombies start working out with her. It's just fucking gold, dude. It's such trash. It's such garbage. But uh, throughout the workouts, they're just constantly zooming in on her tits, zooming in on her ass. It's wonderful. And then at the end of the movie, yeah. like, there's there's literally a, a sexy slumber party where they're getting sucked by a killer who wears a Ronald Reagan mask. <laughs> it's just what? Yeah, dude, it's it's gold. It's it's Linnea Quigley's horror workout. You know, and uh, this is actually a bootleg. This was in like it finally came got a re-release on DVD, but this yeah. was like impossible to find back in the early two thousands. But I wanted it so bad, and I found a bootleg at a horror con. Uh, so it's one of my prized possessions. Um, who who put but, that out originally? Do you know? Oh, it was it was a nobody. Dude. It was uh, it was a no, it was cinema home video. You know, it was just like one of those forgotten. Huh. You know, small. It was like shot on video. It wasn't like yeah. a film. Film. It was shot on video. It was super cheap. Um, but there were a lot of these, uh, including Scream Queen Hot Tub Party. Oh, man, <laughs> which. Like I dude, I told you this is my shit, dude. Like I have so much of this stuff. Uh, oh, I only gosh. I only pulled out my favorites. Scream Queen Hot mm-hmm. Tub Party is definitely one of my favorite. Uh, favorite. I, I also want to just put out a disclaimer movies. that this the, we're not talking about like we're putting the putting these movies on to beat off to necessarily. I don't want to give that vibe. These are actually pretty cool. But you, you could know, beat off not, to them too. You though. could. I'm not saying you couldn't, but yeah, I'm just saying. Um, you know. I'm fine with that. But yeah, this this actually collects a lot of the screen queens of the time. You've got Michelle Bauer, Brinky Stevens, Kelly Maroney, uh, Monique Gabriel, Roxanne uh, Kernohan. Like this has a lot of these these chicks were in, um, uh, you know, movies of, of the time. And uh, this is actually done by uh, two legendary cult directors, Fred Olin Ray and and one of my personal favorites, Jim Wynarski. Who gave us Chopping Mall, Wes Southard's favorite film? Oh, and that reminds me. Um, Wes did call me and was yeah. like, guys, uh, I love Chopping Mall so much. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that you keep bringing me up in it, yeah. but yeah. you know, you don't have to do that. And I said, Wes, baby, Wes, Wes. It's okay. We want to do it. We love you. Yeah. Love you. We so know. Scream- <laughs> so, Scream Queen Hot Tub Party. Uh, is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it's uh, just totally, totally silly and a lot of fun. 
Um, what is the premise of? Just humor me. What's five the premise beautiful horse starlets are summoned to the palatial mansion of Court Byron Orlock for a seminar on how to make a good horror movie. But mysterious occurrences soon lead the actresses to believe that the entire event has been concocted for the sole purposes of getting them to take their clothes off and relive their most vivid monster movie experiences. Fortunately, they are correct. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is. It's They're playing themselves in the movie, though, right? Correct? Yes, they are. They are. A version yes. of themselves, or like... Are they no, how seriously kind of are they themselves. taking it? No, they're playing themselves, but it's mostly just them, like you know, like like one of my favorite moments is Cologne, uh, Kelly Maroney is like working out in the gym with no top on, so she's doing like shoulder flies and stuff, and you're just watching her boobs jiggle back and forth. It's a great movie, dude. It's really wonderful. Um, uh, and this particular uh, release of it on DVD also comes with One Million Heels BC. The babe that forgot time, and so that's on there too. So like, this is really worth getting, dude. This is like, a, this is wonderful, you know. Like, I'm, Who I'm puts so that happy. out. What is that on? Uh, that's out through uh, Retro Media. Retro Media. Yeah, yeah. But Retro Media. But then there were other films that were super cheap uh, that weren't like those. Like those are just like, just full on, like not even movies. But there were some like the one I'm about to mention now, which is one of my favorites ever, uh, that were actually trying to be movies, but were super heavy on TNA at the same time. Uh, and I'm talking about Killer Workout, one of the greatest uh, slasher trash films of all time. Killer uh, Workout. Killer Workout. I haven't seen that one. Well, this is actually currently on Prime, which is incredible that it's on Prime. Like, I was so shocked. But definitely you, check it out. Do you have a password that you could... Get, no, never, never mind. Ask yeah. ask Nick Precious P. No, it's on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. So if you have Prime, Precious, Precious you can watch P. that. Uh, but yeah, this movie, this movie is made by the Pryor brothers. This is a uh, uh, David Pryor, great cult film director, who I'm going to talk about a little uh, some of his other movies later. Uh, and it stars Ted Pryor's brother, uh, who I actually hosted an event years ago. I won't discuss the event because uh, the guy who ran it was a scumbag. Uh, but anyway, the event was 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 kind of cool in the sense that like I got to work with these people who I really admired. I did a whole, I hosted a whole cult film festival. I picked the movies and I wanted to do killer workout, but they didn't have the rights to it. So we did another movie. Um, but anyway, uh, killer workout. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a, it's a gym, uh, and, and spa where like people just getting killed, start getting killed one by one. You got to figure out who it is, but the, like there's just constant titties in this movie even when they're not showing actual naked women like the girls are working out and the camera just zooms in on big luscious hooters and mm-hmm. it's fantastic uh it's such a fun movie have, have, the, have you ever been to a korean spa no uh i have met uh several times and uh you, you do have. get naked totally naked and uh with all the dudes and you're you like, like no you don't not at these no no you gotta take a shower and you're completely naked and uh, you get in the hot, like a hot bath with like four of your friends. And then like uh, you get dude, into fuck like that. What do you mean, dude? It's awesome. You wouldn't get go to the Korean spa with me. That sounds horrible. No, I don't want to get naked with you in any capacity. It's not like that, dude. It was totally it's totally like uh, it's 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 a uh, relaxing. You know, you're in these hot tubs, these hot baths and you go into the steam. Well, and I know nice that you're really into like the, the and shirt. your balls like so spread out across the thing. What? 
I know you're really into the shirtless Brad Pitt, so maybe you can relax with a bunch of naked men. Um, it's not and that's gay. fine, dude. I'm it's not, not judging. a gay thing, dude. That's Those Korean spas you know, are fucking awesome. It's fine if you're gay. It's fine if you're gay. Like, it I, is fine if you're gay, but this is mind. not a gay thing. This is like uh, myself, Michael I'm Allen Rose. Shouts out with guys and be naked. With, you wouldn't a go to that. Bunch of guys. No. I mean, the only time right, I've right. been naked in a hot tub is with ladies, and that's is the way it because I you don't want to show your wiener or or what? Well, I don't want other people to like feel bad and like inadequate when I. I show you know pain. what? I appreciate that. You should. You, you should. Actually, so I wish more. I, I wish more people would take that into consideration you know, they, when they come to the Korean spa. They, actually, you know, they they always call me Nine Inches of Dangling Fury. Is what they call me. Um, I, you know, the first time we went, I was like, God damn it. I got to show my dick to all these guys. Yeah. And, uh, and then I did, I just like jumped out there just like, here's my dick, you know, and then you take a shower and get in the tub together and it's fine. That's horrible, dude. That sounds like the worst thing ever. But anyway, killer workout was also known as aerobicide, which is, okay. which is really funny. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's kind of a bloodless slasher. So if you're looking for blood and guts, you're not going to get that with this. It's really not gory, but it's a slasher movie that is uh, full of of TNA, and it's just like one of those so bad it's good movies. And that's kind of typical to the Pryor brothers. They made movies that are ridiculous. Like this this movie is absolutely silly, silly movie, and so much fun. I love it. Killer workout. It's on Prime right now. You can watch it. I might watch it and start working out to it, maybe. Well, that's what really attracted me to it, is I, I read about it. Like, I didn't see it in the 80s. Like, I, I came into it in the 2000s at one point, and I was just like, I don't know. I was reading about Slasher somewhere, and, like, I saw it, and I was, and you know, like, I was a Mr. Bodybuilder, you know? And yeah. I was like, and I loved horror, and I was like, oh, my God, killer work on this movie. And there's another movie, uh, John Wayne, that's also uh, an 80s movie uh, that... Uh, has to do with like horror and it's in a gym and it's called death spa and death spa is really good too. Okay. Uh, it's, it's really a lot of fun, but that one's more like, like a poltergeist in a, in a gym slash spa. And it's fucking wonderful, dude. Like both of those movies I think are the ultimate double feature. If you like to pump iron and you like to look at Hooters and you like blood and guts, like, but you, you but you would not go to the Korean spa with us. no, I don't want to see your ding dong. Very relaxing. Dude. I don't want. Uh, I'll dude. show you my ding dong right now to get it out of the way, <laughs> and then there'll be no awkwardness. I can, I can relax without being in a in a pool of water with a bunch of naked dudes. I thought that too, but you know, then I tried it. Anyway, well, you know we'll talk you off. Go and, you go ahead and do it. It doesn't You're, mean no, anything. I didn't say it meant relaxing. anything. I just said I wouldn't enjoy it. I don't want to marinate. Even if it's like not just like the nudity or nothing sexual, just like marinating in a pool of water with a bunch of guys floating pubes, that doesn't sound fun to me. Well, I mean, you take a shower first before you get in there. They make. I it. don't care. Um, and uh, you know, I'll tell you this: there's nothing quite like a shorn scrotum. It's quite breathtaking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you just got to clean up before you go, and then you're fine. Floating pubes. Come on, dude. There's no floating pubes. Yes, there are. It's, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Floating Float pubes may be beautiful to you, but they're not to me. If it's a lady's pubes, maybe. Nice. Not, 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 a, not a dude's pubes. Anyway, moving on. Um, uh, 
So we talked a little bit about like the light, fluffy horror TNA, but there is also the horror that's gory and twisted and fucked up that has TNA. And so I love those. Uh, I love those a lot. But you got to be kind of fucked up to like this stuff. So let's get right into that, shall we? We shall. Yes. So I'm going to talk about, like like I said, I have many more of these, but I'm trying to limit myself, even though I have a huge stack of movies that put aside just for this show. Uh, this here is uh, probably one of the originals when it comes to gore and TNA and depravity. This is from 1976, and this is Blood-Sucking Freaks. Oh, yeah, classic. Total classic, right? But this movie is trash. It's yeah. just... It's just one big, like, torture show. It's, like, naked women getting their, like, fucking nails torn off and stuff. And, like, a little annoying midget going, like, little person going, <laughs> and just, like, laughing as it happens. Rest in uh, power. But, yeah. Yeah, it's just the rest of, like, whoever that is. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, this is, like, one of the ultimate sleazy movies. It's yeah. absolutely an outrageous thing, man, where, like, that you know you got that guy uh, Sardu and he's the master of screaming virgins and he's just basically whipping and torturing naked women through the whole movie and then the one woman who's like a ballerina he manages to pull her into the fold and then she becomes like the 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 the, the master uh you know whipper and she's like going after everybody so uh really so, good fun stuff so when these are being pumped out during that time especially like are are these making any money are they breaking even like they are this is like the late night grindhouse stuff like this is the legit grindhouse stuff Um, right you know like now that that word is thrown around a lot for any movie that's like a b movie but no this is like this is like the real 42nd street sleaze cinema uh so they made enough money to keep making them but when you watch the movie you see like you when you watch the movies you see like it's not a big production it didn't cost much to make these movies uh but uh, they managed to have like a audience in perverts and weirdos uh, like me. I just, uh, yeah, I just want to contextualize it for for myself mostly, you know, but for like the audience also. Like this was going down to like a seedy part of town to yeah. a theater or buying tapes off street, of a guy yeah. like that yeah. has a opens up his trench coat and he's got all well, the stolen watches one, and the titty this movies. This particular one is before that, but this particular one is before tapes and stuff this is from 76 so yeah you actually would have to go to a sleazy part of town and that's why i mentioned 42nd street 42nd street at the time was where you went like in the 70s you walked down there to get your drugs and get your prostitutes and to see movies like blood-sucking freaks so which is where why i was late to the podcast today i'm sorry i was coming from 42nd street i was getting my drugs and uh I, i apologize but then you did have the uh, the VHS era, and then what was great about that era when it comes to smut and horror is that anybody could make these fucking things. You could have no money, you could have nothing, and you would you could film this shit on a home video camera. And if it was interesting enough, if it had enough DNA and enough blood, you could potentially get it distributed through uh, uh, mom and pop video stores. Because at the time in the eighties, there was such a hunger for movies on vhs like 
people loved the fact that they could rent a movie and bring it home. It was such a new thing, it was such a novelty, but like the big studios couldn't keep up with the demand. And so anybody who could make a pile of garbage movie and managed to get into uh, video stores if they pushed hard enough. And yeah. so then you ended up with movies like the ones I'm going to discuss right now. Uh, and I love these. They're, they're beyond trash. They are so trashy. And I'm okay. amazed that they were finally released on DVD because I was trying to hunt down the, the, the VHSs of these for years and like mm -hmm. copies of it were like 100 150 bucks because it's so rare to find they're finally released on dvd john wait they're finally released i was so fucking happy and this not is on blu-ray on dvd on dvd well you don't need these on blu-ray dude they're shot on video they look uh, like shit uh oh, so it'd be kind of pointless to polish them and make them 4k because they would look like shit anyway and i mean they really look like shit they're like they really are bad um but this is a this is a trilogy that I love. Number one is is Gorotica. Oh, Gorotica. Nice. Yeah. And then another that. one that cover is amazing. Another one is Gorgasm. Nice. But my personal favorite looks like a heavy metal cover, by the way. Like a heavy metal cover. It kinda band. does. Yeah, it does. My personal favorite, and I love this movie, is Gore Whore. Oh, who doesn't? Who doesn't love that? And like gore whore is a common term now in our industry, but this movie, gore whore. Or street oh for short. Dude. That's what we say. In this the movie starts off with a girl giving a guy a blowjob and then she cuts his dick off and eats it. Like it's it's that good of a movie. Like this is trash horror gold. Yeah. It's it's so bad and it's so funny and it's so perverted. It's really, really perverted. Um, because when they show the blowjob, they like actually show the guy's dick and everything. It's like it's nice. it's it's hardcore. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing, you know. So um, uh, I highly recommend anyone who's into this kind of stuff to check out these this gore series, Gorgasm, Gorotica, and Gore Whore. Particularly Gore Whore. Just get Gore Whore because that is fine, fine. Shot on video, garbage. Who distributes these now? Because these, these needs to be called SRS. SRS, okay. Yeah. Because like, I know, like, these rights will change hands, like a lot. Like I know, like our friends in Vinegar Syndrome put out a lot of just tons of movies that in porn that they've yeah, like, No, no, no. They but, do Vinegar Syndrome and Synapse and um and something weird. They put out a lot of this kind of stuff, but this yeah. is this is below them. <laughs> like this is this is trash. Below it, like, me, Trebek. It's like <laughs> it's that. It's that low, dude. It's like, it is real garbage. And, um, like, half the time you can barely see what you're watching because, like, they had no money. This movie was made with... A, these movies were made with, uh, like, uh, home video cameras. They had no, no lights. They had no anything. So, like, there's these dark scenes where you can barely see anything. It really, like, it, it looks like it because it's true. It looks like it was shot in somebody's backyard, in someone's house. Because it was. It was. Yeah. So it's amazing it got distributed in any way, but it did. Uh, and there were other movies like this where they weren't hardcore horror, but they were just like trashy shot on video movies like this one I'm showing you here, which is called Blonde Death. A video and, by James Dillinger. By James Dillinger. Old Jimmy Dillinger. Yeah. Uh, and I love the tagline for this. It just says, meet Tammy. The teenage time bomb. 18 years of bottled up frustration are about to explode. 
and on the cover it's this this blonde babe holding holding a, a, a pistol. Uh, yeah. And it totally does not live up to that promise. It's a really boring, really does boring she not movie. Hold but that I, pistol in the movie. She I does, know. but no, it's oh. like you don't get to see like. There's no like sexiness. There's no like extreme violence. It's kind of a bland movie. It's kind of a disappointment. But I own it anyway, because I'm a weirdo. Um, but there were also movies that weren't American uh, that did this stuff. Yeah. Necromantic being my favorite. There's a German uh, horror film that's really twisted. Mm. Necrophilia. It's fantastic. I love that movie. But that had somewhat of a budget. There are some that were shot completely on video. Uh, and this one, like, and I'll show this, but the cover to this DVD is is a newer cover. I really like the old cover better. The old cover is really bizarre, but I don't have a copy of it to show. But anyway, I, I was so excited when this finally came out on DVD because this was another one that I've been hunting forever. And this is Cannibal Hookers. They'll love you <laughs> to death. That's to the death. tagline on the front. Yeah. That, uh, and that looks like uh, that looks extra like that's going to be pretty great quality. Just dude, by looking at that, it really so bad, dude. It's so bad. It was like made in the eighties. It's a German film. Uh, ah, it's German, uh, yeah. Oh, it's German as hell. Um, but it's um, it's uh, hard to explain. It's it's really shitty. Uh, and it's just cannibal. It's exactly what it says it is it's cannibal hookers you know and so is it like a hostile type situation they lure them to the place but then they eat them with kind sex? Of, no it's it's yeah it's basically yeah it's just like these hookers who you know pull you in and then uh you know you pay them for sex and then they eat you uh not in the good way but they fuck you first so they show you the, the fuck scene and yeah then, they show stuff like then, that but it's not super gratuitous. yeah yeah <laughs> It's actually kind of hard to follow in a lot of ways because it is in German and they have subtitles, but it's kind of choppy and you kind of <laughs> don't really know what's even happening. To be right. honest, you don't really that's know what's going crazy. on. But it's Cannibal Hookers, and, and like, who cares? Like, that's a great. Like, that's a great title. It is. I mean, but you know what's an even better title? What? Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Oh yeah, that's this, uh, that's your girl from what the workout video, right? Yeah, Linnea Quigley's in this. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so is Michelle Bauer from um, Screen Queen Hot Tub Party. Shouts out. This movie is fucking fantastic. Now, this isn't shot on video. This is, was actually on film. But this yeah. is a grindhouse classic, dude. This movie is so fucking great. It also stars Gunnar Hansen, who was the original Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, of course he was. This movie is so funny. Uh, and it, it, it like actually has scenes where two half naked women are having a chainsaw fight. Uh, you know, like uh, it's it's sparks. dude. It sparks everything, and they're they're half naked, and like one of them has like a boa constrictor. Dude, the movie is insane. It's wonderful. I can't recommend it enough. If you love horror, if you love trash, and I mean, if you're still listening to this, you must love trash. Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers is yeah. a must own. For people who like this kind of filth. It's a must-own. I'll also give it that stamp. Can I Soggy, do wet stamp of approval. Please, I would... I was going to say, please let him do one more. One more. Do one more. Before we move on to other uh, erotica stuff. And then move we on don't to have to. Things. No. Um, one more. This is also a must-own if you're into this kind of stuff. And this is my man, 
Frank Henenlotter, who's made nothing but great Grindhouse films. And this, of course, is Frankenhooker. Of course, the great and powerful Frankenhooker. The great and powerful Frankenhooker. One of the best films of the 1990s. Uh, I love this film. Uh, And I love everything Frank Henenlotter makes. I love Brain Damage, Bad Biology, Basket Case, of course. Uh, The guy can do no wrong. He's made some incredible, incredible trash cinema. And Frankenhooker is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, the guy, his wife dies in a horrible accident. He saves her brain, saves her head, uh, and puts together the perfect woman by killing hookers killing and hookers. Uh, taking their body parts and sewing yep. them together. It's it's really you know it's the classic it's the classic love story. It really is. It's a Fievel <laughs> goes west for everyone. I like to think Fievel goes west because you know God, I Jim mean brought that up. That's great. No, uh, you know, Frank and Hooker is is awesome. Yeah, it's uh, I had it something else, but I went five will goes west on that. You did, but uh, yeah, no, that's but... uh, that's awesome. I I love that one. A lot of people, I like to see people cosplay that at at uh conventions. Like uh, I've seen that a couple times. It's very cool. Very cool, very cool. Uh, so we're gonna go back to trash cinema a little later, but we still wanted to talk about other forms of entertainment that, you know, personal to us and to others, uh, that feature sexy sexing. Uh, so I guess what we'll start with is, um, uh, we can get into just fiction, I guess, if you want to do that. Or we could do comics first. No, no, I want to do fiction first. All right. Go ahead. I don't have anything to start. You got nothing. I, I, I mean, no, I have something, but it's like a, it's, it's, it's like a. As usual, I'm super prepared. You got nothing. No, it's like a weird backtrack story that I want to tell, but I don't right. know if it's right. like the right time to tell it yet or to let you start well, and, fiction, and I'll tell it. Fiction was the original trash. Uh, you go back to the, like the 1950s where you could not get pornography and stuff like that, where like, Sexy movies and titty movies didn't exist. You couldn't get them. And if they, you did, they were super underground and illegal and stuff. Um, so that's where erotica fiction really came into play. And there were a lot of these trashy dime store movies like, you know, Lusty Waitress. Or not movies, I'm sorry, books like Lusty Waitress and things like that. And this like trash cinema that people would read. Uh, again, trash, trash books trash. that people would read. They're um, at like truck stops and shit. Truckers jerk off yeah. and them and stuff. Yeah, people would actually read, and that was their form of porn. Like, like no pictures, nothing, not even drawings, just read like, uh, like this erotic stuff. And know? I, I do want to do. I mean, I know I brought it up before that I, I was a lot lizard for a period of years. Uh, yes. We talked about that, but I do still to this day. Some, some truck stops have these fucking uh, spinny racks that are yeah. chock full of paperbacks. Yeah, yeah. Like of the Western ones that like kind of like, you know, uh, the old school, just like whoever wrote it's probably like the just like the paperbacks from hell. It's like yeah. Westerns from hell he- here, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They're, just old classic they're all just old Westerns and yeah. like and then like weird espionage mystery, you know, but right. they have those those racks still at. Yeah, yeah. At, at the. um at the places but you know some of them are sexy but not all of them but then you like the like the the original like uh smut trash entertainment 
uh, came in the form of stuff that was actually literature. Uh, because you had like the light and fluffy, like oh the milkman comes and then the, they're like and that's like the whole thing. It's just like a housewife having sex. You had those, but the the stuff that really got attacked was stuff that was actually literature, uh, and like some of these people, some of these authors actually got hauled into court for obscenity. Uh, most famously, Hubert Selby Jr. with Last Exit to Brooklyn. Uh, that was a, a big trial for obscenity, and that book is phenomenal. It's not just a book about sex, like it's. Just it's it's just a dark, depraved book about just like the dregs of society, and uh, like all of his books are. And he's one of my mm -hmm. favorite writers. I absolutely love him. But that book and, and him were kind of crucified in the 1950s for writing this book, which has like you know gang rape and like all of this horrific stuff in it. Um, so there is this border between what is trash literature and what is actual literature. And like the dividing line, like, you know, Charles Bukowski, Harry Cruz, uh, you know, like uh, people like that, that ran into that kind of stigma. Did yeah. you want to say something? No, I'm okay. listening. I'll go on. <laughs> uh, I was on the Bukowski, 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 the Bukowski panel mm. about doing drugs. That's that's all. Yes. I. Yeah. Yes. Well, Bukowski, of course, was. Uh, and remains highly criticized by feminists and stuff, uh, you know, because his books are so filled with uh, sex and uh, the objectification of women and stuff. Uh, and so, like, a lot of feminists would go into libraries and bookstores and, like, grab his books and burn them in the street and, and rip them up. Uh, but, uh, but at the same time, like, he's, he was a, a brilliant writer and, like, his books are fantastic and they're very celebrated, including by women. Uh, same thing goes for Brett Easton Ellis. A lot of his stuff, particularly American Psycho, uh, right. like like women what? would grab that, like like people would grab that book, and like men and women who are like you know very much against that kind of thing would just like burn it in the street and tear it up. Uh, you know, it was considered trash, but it's also uh, by many of us considered a horror masterpiece, and it's considered literature, even yeah, though it's I mean, extreme horror. Dude, yeah, his shit is. Uh absolutely literature mm -hmm. uh it's just i don't know man he trans he, he's just got the touch you know it's just uh, it's not the super extreme and not just um, and not just american psycho like in uh no all of his zero stuff. like but... lesson zero is probably his most famous work and like that girl gets crucified and gets her tits cut off you know like it's, yeah. it's really fucked up stuff Glamorama. I mean, the, yeah, he. But but man, he's such a masterful writer that it's like oh absolutely you you almost you, you don't but it's the content it's, alone that that he gets in trouble for. Uh, well, fuck, like, fuck everybody that doesn't like him then. I know, like I said, crybabies, religious types mostly, uh, and and hardcore feminists, uh, like they attack this guy's books. You know, um, not that there's anything wrong with feminism. I'm not saying that, but to try to censor art, uh, no matter what is in it, no matter what happens in it. Is is fucked up. Slippery me. slope when you it start is. trying to pursue that. Don't censor art. You don't like it. Don't read it. Yeah, That's it's it, uh, you know? yeah. But there are other forms of. Uh, uh, well, well, one other one I wanted to mention real quick is um, you know some of the more modern stuff like uh, Alyssa Nutting who did Tampa. Uh, God damn that fucking right? book! You that guys fucking like I'm in. Okay, just to give everyone context, I'm in uh, Scares That Care last year. The one that happened uh, with Triana here, and I'm also in a hotel room with Carrie, aka CB Hunt, and Anderson Prunty, aka Andy. Um, 
and you guys were talking about something that brings up this book, Tampa. And Carrie is like, oh, you haven't read that? You should read it. You'll love it. They're like, yeah, you should read it. So I, you know, I'm like, you know, cool. I bring up Amazon and order it right there. And I'm like, just ordered it, guys. Party. And then, like, you know, I get home and it's there waiting for me. And holy shit, dude. Yeah, dude. I I, I was like, am I allowed to be reading this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happening yeah, here, absolutely, yeah. And then and here's the crazy thing: as much like American Psycho, which is totally extreme and has c- completely fucked up stuff in it, this uh, Tampa was not a like underground indie press release. This was like a major release. It was uh, a major major publisher. Yeah, uh, this wasn't just some like underground thing, like like some of the presses we work with. This was a, a bigger release, and that book, literally, like that book, is about an adult woman having sex with like 12 year old boys, you yeah. know, that's because, what it's about. Because her fetish is that, young- is that like, like right before young boys become men, like type of yeah, thing. That's what she's into. That window. So she, be- graphic. Oh my God. She becomes a teacher just to rape. Just for that. Boys. Just for rape. And but it's, it's super graphic. Oh, oh it's God. Like- it's so graphic. It's not like Lolita or something where it's like, you know, it's happening, but they don't get into the sex. Like she gets totally into the sex, describes it in great detail. Like this, this woman, like giving young boys rim jobs and stuff. And it's like, how is this? Shit. How did she get away with this? How is this published? How did she get away with it? But it's a great story. It's a great book. It's oh, very it's, good. And but compelling as well. You, you will want to keep reading it. You're just like, I can't no, What am I reading? No, no, no like, it's really good. It's really good. Um, if it were a movie on, and you were on a plane and it was playing on your screen, you would turn it off because you no, would no, this could never be a movie. to see it. Never, yeah. never. Uh, but it's such a good book. It's really good um, and really dark and twisted. And it's supposed to be. It's not done in any kind of glorifying way. It's like, look how horrible this woman is. Oh, you know? yeah, so uh, but how like how do you get away with that? Like, how do these things happen? Like, I write some twisted stuff and I'm like, I could never get this through a big publisher. You know, like, how did she get that put through a big publisher? How did Brad Easton Ellis get American Psycho through a big publisher? It kind of boggles my mind. Same thing with um, like Harry Cruz and Bukowski, uh, who weren't through big publishers, but became big, well-known writers when their stuff is incredibly twisted and fucked up. Uh, like Harry Cruz, A Feast of Snakes. One of my favorite books because it's so extreme, not horror, but it's it could be considered harder because it's so intense and fucked up and disturbing. Uh, and, um, you know, and he's like very much revered as this literary genius. And he was. So it's like, how do they get away with it? It's funny how like there's this there's this uh, like this uh, fine line. A know? je ne sais quoi, if you will. Which means as something I I don't know. Like there's something that is captured somehow in these works. I feel that transcends that weird yeah. barrier yeah. that allows it to pass. And it, it is an uns. I mean, not not like it's not like a. I'm not trying to keep a secret. It's not something you can necessarily pinpoint. I don't I don't think. Right. Right. Um, because like Tampa, God damn, that book is really fucked up. Like really yeah, totally fucked is. up. Yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like harp on that book cause I love it, but I just want to hammer home the fact that like, it's no joke. Yeah. This is a major fucking 
top five publisher put this out, and I wish I yeah. knew. It's it's over here on the thing. I'm not. We're not trying to like hide who it is. It's like Penguin no, no. or somebody, yeah. and uh, and it, it's like fucking, and it deserves to be put out that way. It deserves to be published, it, absolutely. It, and it's like, but how the fuck do you get? Like, how as a writer do you get away with that? Where you have a book that is graphic pedophilia through the entire book, you know? The carrot, I guess, because you would know that you connect in some way that this character is no no it's great it's a great book suffering i don't i don't know it's not just it's not just smut but the the sex in the book is is extremely graphic and like normally that kind of thing like you know an editor or publisher will like see that and just turn it away before they even read the whole thing before they even realize that it's a, a a great story so it's like it's a it boggles my mind that she was able to get away with it i don't know i don't know Anyway, uh, moving on. There's other erotica fiction mm. uh, that I wanted to bring up. Uh, but before I get into stuff that, that I like, I did want to mention that uh, erotica fiction is very popular, particularly with women. Women love erotica fiction. And this, is, this goes back f- forever. Like, uh, you know, certainly some women like, you know, dirty movies, like pornography, absolutely. Um, but many women... They are more cerebral with their sexuality. Like they, they, they're more turned on, you know, by like by story and by what happens. And so, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey, enormously popular with women. Uh, and then you get like these Fabio romances, you know, like these swashbuckling guys with big chests and big dicks, and like these women with their bountiful bosoms, and like you know, he rescues her from pirates, and like you know, it's like. That's their porn is erotic fiction. Did did I uh, already talk about how my buddy Robbie C, uh, he did uh, he worked for a, a VPN network where he set up phone systems for places, and like here in Houston, there was like an office of of ladies that are that that's a, it's a Harlequin Press office, and it's like all these like women older ladies that are just writing Harlequin romance novels in this right. office. Yeah. And and they make bank, dude. Yeah, like absolutely. they make bank. And I wonder, like, it, it, you know, for me, I don't. I mean, I wonder if it's dialed in in a way for them where, like, I I read, you know, when I since I discovered Bentley Little, I just like rip through those books like crazy, mm-hmm. you know. And I wonder if it's like that same kind of itch that scratching like to them. In a way, well, I like, think it's more sexual, though. I think it's it's yeah, more of an issue, like a, a like you a, think they're rub you think they're rubbing off to it. No, totally. I'm not. I'm not rubbing off to Bentley Little. No, I know you're not anymore. Uh, but but he he doesn't write a lot of erotica, but he has written erotica. Um, yes. but no, no, they, they're they're totally getting off on it because that's what these books are. They're just they're about sex, you know. Um, it's erotica. That's the whole point. Um, you know, they're not into it because, like, you know, they're into a great, like, pirate adventure. It's like, it just, you know, like, it happens to have that aspect, but there's also just a lot of sex in it. And, you know, like, uh, that's erotica fiction for you. So, yeah, they're absolutely getting turned on by it. Um, so. Like I was saying, that's, that's, that's porn for women in so many ways. Like, Fifty Shades of Grey was enormously popular because it's porn for women. It's not it's because cerebral. it's a good book. No, because it's cerebral. It's like it's more about like yeah, like men are very visual. Men just want to see it. They want to like, you know, like whereas women are more emotionally invested in sexuality, Uh, so they get more drawn into the story and everything instead of just the 
actual visual like men are like super visual they're just like i, so I just want to put out there stuff. you and i are not the experts on women so we you know no of course allegedly not. <laughs> no of course <laughs> not but this is just this is just like as far as like you know what what sells and and what is popular yeah, no. with different genders like it just is like no, i said it's at the top of this a lot of women like just straight up porn videos they do a lot of women but i'm saying like for the most part this is what tends to sell to the two different sexes you know so you know pardon me if i said this like if it offends you but like this is just you didn't offend me like, this is just that. going into like you know like actual research about these things and just everything i've observed in my lifetime um but there are the, the other types of erotica that i really like um and i i do like horror erotica and uh, I actually wrote a book, Long Shadows of October, which is horror erotica. And I think it threw off a lot of my fans. It was like, oh, there's just like a ton of sex in the book. I'm like, well, that's kind of what I was going for. I wanted it to be an erotic horror novel, but I'm not known for that. So I think I threw off some fans. But anyway, uh, there are a lot of writers who are excellent horror writers who also dabble in uh, erotica. And the first one that comes to mind is Graham Masterston, uh, who I absolutely love. Excellent horror writer. Uh, but he also was like an expert on sexuality and like he he wrote for penthouse and uh you know he wrote a lot of erotica novels like those truck stop uh, like sex novels that we were talking about you know about like sexy waitresses and their hijinks and stewardesses and all that kind of stuff um so he wrote those too flight attendants all that stuff but he also wrote like these really great horror novels like um you know like like tengu and um and walkers and a bunch of other ones that have these graphic sex scenes in there. And I love it. I really love it because he does it so well. Um, and he just manages to sneak it in. And there's something about it, man, that like there's something about erotica fiction that titillates, pun intended, titillates the mind yeah. in a way yeah. that pornographic movies and, and stuff never could. It just arouses you in a different way. It like it it it, it tickles your erotic imagination. Um and and so I really, really dig that. Um, there was also this series of uh, anthologies back in like the 80s and 90s called Hot Blood. And I'll hold up one of them to the camera here. Hot Blood. Seeds uh, of fear. Seeds of fear. And there's this other one, Hottest Blood, which was like, I don't know, like a best of or something. Yeah. And as you can see, it has your man Bentley Linnell in there, the guy who you yeah, Oh, yeah. Time. Mm-hmm. Um, and these anthologies were horror stories that were erotic and had sex in them. And I really, really liked these books a lot. Uh, and I still do. I still do. But I picked these books up back in the day when they were like $5 paperbacks. And you could even get this stuff at like Barnes & Noble, you know? Uh, and yeah, it's like erotic horror anthology. So it's different short stories by different writers. And they were like known writers. Bentley Little, Rex Miller, Nancy, Hold- uh, Nancy Holder, uh, you know, and... Uh, just really good stuff, dude, and and I I really like that kind of thing. And then you've got, you know, like these other writers that came big, Anne Rice and Poppy Z. Bright, who you know, female writers who would write this erotic horror as yeah. well. Yeah, which we talked we did talk about in the vampire episode where the Anne Rice, uh, like I read the the vampire <laughs> chronicles up to a certain point where I was just like, all right, I'm not going to read this anymore. But right. yeah, right. they get very graphically sexual. Yeah. Um I was going to what I wanted to say like uh I actually the first thing like the book I ever had printed in print 
there's a novella called the porn star retirement plan mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. on uh it, it was a part of a collection called new kink on new kink uh which is a part of rooster republic where it was all supposed to be like erotic horror bizarro shit and and mine was very sexy but not really but it involved a bukkake where everybody drank this drink i'm spoiling it because it, it it's out of print but if you join my patreon at the five dollar tier you get it sent to you for free on pdf um that's not erotica though that's filth it's it's like a it's like yeah but she they jerk off on her and their semen melts her into and that's how they get rid of old porn stars and it's like it turns out that it's like that's a filth. ring it's a <laughs> ring like he gets out there, they give him ten thousand dollars, and they're like, "Hey, keep we're, now you're on the payroll, kid." Like type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, so I I wrote that I I wrote, and then I I got that was the first thing I got published in print. Like I said, so I have like some other stuff where I was like, it got really sexy and weird, mm-hmm. like that. But then uh, I I guess I kind of veered away from it because yeah. I was like, eh, I've jerked off enough. <laughs> Never <laughs> said no one. <laughs> but there's a difference, like between yeah. erotic fiction and just filth, shocking, extreme fiction. You know, like like body art. Like I, I'm just as guilty as you. Body art is 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 a filthy, depraved book. It's not erotica. Uh, Long Shadows of October is is erotica, but body art is just filth. So if you like filth, body art available now through Bloodbound Books. Um, uh, so like we talked about. Uh, because I, I mean, I know we're running long already, and if we're ever going to get to our next topic, I mean, that might even have to be a different episode, uh, because we've gone on about this so much. But, I don't know how long we're running. I don't know, but it's been it's, it's been a while. It's been, um, it has been. It's been a while. Um, okay. No, it was like six o'clock when we started this, and now it's like eight thirty. I know we had some interruptions, but. Uh, and some of this will be cut. Uh, so shall we? Shall we move on to comics? Let's do it. Comics. Do you want to do comics, or do you want to move into the? Do you want to move to the next thing? No, I, I think we. I want to mention comics too, because that's okay. also a part of uh, of uh, like sex in entertainment that isn't necessarily porn. Um, and comics was a big part of that. Uh, like when you get into like the counterculture of the 60s and 70s uh, with like, you know, people like Robert Crumb, who uh, like made these like sleazy, depraved comic books. It was like comic books, adults only that were just like full of sex and usually really depraved sex. It big was boobs, big butts. Yeah. But it was like, but the sex itself was really depraved and weird. It was never just like straightforward sex. It was always demented in some ways, particularly with Crumb. He moved uh, to France. Yes, he did. That's very good, John Wayne. He did mm-hmm. move to France. Yeah. Uh, but he had like a lot of these these comics and characters like Snoid and Mr. Natural, uh, where they would uh, get involved in and like you know he has certainly has like a fetish for girls with big muscular legs and big butts and uh, mm-hmm. and, and and so forth. And so you see a lot of that in his in his comics. Yeah. Uh, but like this, the, it was always really depraved stuff. It was it's like you read any of like the old Crumb stuff. Uh, and it's really demented. Uh, but like those, like, you know, he did stuff for some of these, but there was a lot of those comics back in the day that was like appealing to like the acid head culture. Like it was appealing to like 
the stoners and the and the degenerates who were like taking over uh not just the hippies but like people that were into all kinds of drugs and perverted sex and so yeah. that's where yeah. you got uh comic book magazines like zap and cheech wizard and howard the duck your personal favorite i um, do love howard the duck uh and, you also and that's have, like, how the Bob. comics code was brought into right uh, effect actually right it because was of this because you had like all this filth like plop and fritz the cat and all that stuff um and uh i really liked that stuff a lot like and that was stuff that i discovered later later in life like i didn't have it when i was young or anything uh but like one of my prized possessions i'll hold it up to the camera this is the bible of filth by robert crumb and it's a collection of all of his most filthy uh sex comics uh and it's actually put into this hardback bible with gilded edges oh jesus christ that's oh my god and it has like yeah it has like the red bookmark that's like part of it it's it's fantastic and and yeah it's all his most perverted things i have a couple just like the uh, the robert crumbs like just collections you know that you get like barnes and noble whatever but it's not like that it's Uh, pretty glorious it's one of my prized possessions it's pretty cool um is that so, yeah. is that going to be willed to me in the in the will or uh, what do you think? I mean, I, I could include it possibly. Well, why don't you throw it in? Come on, or I'll just buy you one as a surprise. That might happen too. Oh, dude, let's do some weird thing where you're like, and then you must burn these items. And it's <laughs> weird, like you know, and like in right, in right. that in that in that wonderful fairy tale, the Bible, where like God's like, <laughs> kill your son or I'll kill right. you. You know, right, right, it's like right. one of those type of deals. Yeah, we'll throw that in. And at the last minute, he's like, oh no, don't kill your son. I'm your God. Fuck whatever. I'm so glad you would do it, but you know, let me jerk off on you. Oh, by the way, your wife's barren. Why don't you go fuck her sister and have babies? <laughs> Which is like yep. a searchable uh, term on Pornhub. Uh, is fucking yeah. your wife's sister. Not like like Bible porn. Is a God big started yeah. that. God started that Pornhub search term. He did. Yeah, the Bible's Ooh. super perverted if you really get into it. Um, and I'm sure there's been comics made about it, but I don't know. Uh, but the sexy comic book, granted, like in the 60s and 70s, that's where it really became super graphic. But sexy comic books goes way back. Like Wonder Woman was invented by a guy who had a bondage fetish. And that's why she has like the golden lasso and she ties everyone up. And then like all of the early episodes, she ends up getting tied up. And like, you know, she's she's like wearing these brass breast cuffs and stuff and it's funny because wonder woman has become this big symbol of like feminism and girl power but it was it was literally it was invented by a guy who was like a sexual deviant a known sexual deviant you know didn't he have like a three-way weird kind of relationship a marriage yeah yeah yeah. he was married like to two women and he was super into bondage and then yeah that's the guy who created wonder woman who's this uh you know like this feminist hero now and it's just kind of funny. Like, you know, it was just like a, a sexual perversion for him to be, uh, you know, like to be tied up by this Amazon goddess, like this big muscular woman. Well, what did the uh, what do you think the invisible jet was uh, representing then? I think it's because so you could see up her skirt when she's flying. Oh, and <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> The ultimate upskirt. The ultimate upskirt. The invisible jet. jet. <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't oh know. god, invisiblejet.com. <laughs> invisiblejet.com. But but yeah, like like even like 
before all that, there was like, uh, you know, like Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, you know, like that was in the 30s. And it wasn't, they didn't have sex in it, but it was like this busty blonde Tarzan type woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they ended up making numerous films about Sheena over the years, including up to like the 1980s, they had Sheena films. And like, she's just this, this big, muscular, big titted, big butted, you know, like blonde behemoth. Uh, and you know, and that, and that's Sheena, you know? So like there were, there was like before there was porn, there was porn comics. Yeah. Um, and, uh, do you think that Futurama was playing on that when they like, uh, did you watch Futurama? With the the Amazons? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I made Snoo Snoo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure that had something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But the whole Amazon women thing was a fetish long before. Futurama. Of course. I mean, even in, like in Seinfeld, there's an episode where George George Casanza, famous, uh, you know, unfuckable, right. whatever, says, like, I want a woman I can climb like a mountain <laughs> when he refers <laughs> to wanting to have sex with a, a tall woman. Right. So, right. like, uh, you know, it's been it's been out there, you know. No, it has. It has. Um, so. So moving on. I wanted to ask, do you, John Wayne, have yeah. a favorite porn star or Hooter movie star? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a favorite? Yes, my favorite porn star is Eva Angel. Um, I mean, uh, is Eve Lawrence. Eve Angelina is a close second. Eve Lawrence, uh, you know, I, 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 she was in this short uh, film on a, on a, you know, a very obscure indie lit website called uh, SpunkMouth.com, and. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and she is, uh, and there's a scene where she is oh, in this man. alley. Uh, she's in an alley on a mattress, as you are, and she is getting railed. That's what I do in an alley. By, a, by, and like she is getting banged so hard by this dude, but she is acting so disinterested. Like, hurry up! I've got more, more uh, fucking. And that what that's I've got what more clients coming through. And uh, myself <laughs> and my good buddy Robbie C. Like we, I brought the. I was like, "Hey, man, have you ever seen this Eve Lawrence video Hold where on, she's like that? in the?" And he was like, "Dirty Alley," and I was like, "Yes, in the Dirty Alley." Oh my god, because she's like, because she says, "Fuck me in this Dirty Alley," you, you know. And <laughs> hold, uh, up. hold up, one, one second. What is this? What you watched when you were in the Korean hot tub? No, don't watch <laughs> anything in there. There's no TVs. It's too much steam. I, I, that's much what scene. I'm picturing here. It's like you and your buddies watching Dirty Alley while you're sitting in a hot tub cooking. Look, we didn't watch this naked, together. But naked. Yes, exactly. That's how you do it. Um, yeah. You're not allowed to wear clothes. Mm. But so Eve Lawrence and she's like so disinterested. And then at the end, she's got like just all of this cum in her mouth. And she's like, oh, now I got spunk mouth. And then like smash cut. <laughs> To the thing, and we the fact that we both knew exactly what we were talking about proved that we were also like on a level of like, let's do this, yeah. And we wrote a song about it, and uh, actually, it's on a record, it's called Tiptoed Through Her Tulips. And that's not a plug because we're not a band anymore, but it is on uh, Spotify if you want to listen to it. Letters to Voltron. Tulips, T-W-O. Yeah, and we we had this whole fucking, like, fan... Like, we were in the... We recorded this in uh, our friend Danny's studio. uh, Danny Gale uh, shouts out Downfall 2012. 
and we would be in there like late at night and we were recording this and we told him of course like it's this is all about our friend Eve Lor- our, our friend <laughs> this is all about our favorite porn star Eve Lawrence <laughs> and he liked porn too and he was like fuck yeah and we were coming up with these ideas of like how she would appear in the music video in this like fucking Cadillac that was like you know had a drop top and shit and she would be oh man we uh, we talked about reaching out to a representation, but you know I think it just slipped through our fingers the opportunity. Well, I just want to say to everyone listening, um, I just want credit because even though I went through all of this stuff and had all of these movies, I wasn't the one who got super dirty. You were. You asked me who is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, but you're the one who's like spunk mouth. Well, I'm and then like, and we have a we, like. Scream queen hot tub party. I'm keeping it kind of innocent. And you're like spunk mouth in the dirty alley. <laughs> well, we can't discount these ladies. They work very hard, but she, and, you know, and I also joke that like, what are they going to show me? She's going to go work in like the, what, what happened? You know, like the porn star retirement plan was based on like the idea of like what happens to the porn stars right. when they kind of disappear from the zeitgeist. Like, are they real estate agents now? Like, what the fuck is happening? Right, right, you know? right. And that was stuff. my fucking weird thing. But, like, Eve Lawrence did slip away, and then she came back. Whoa. Uh, but she's gone again. But uh, <laughs> we had buttons. Like that, Nina Hartley came back? Letters to Bolts on buttons that were, like, Eve Lawrence, where she's, like, licking one of her tits. And we had our emblem, like, over her nipples. Yeah, I remember you telling me this. Yeah, yeah. I sent you one. I sent you a couple. I haven't sent them to you. I will. But an asshole. Uh, but yeah, you asked, dude. I you asked and answered. Yeah. No, Next. and I'm glad you answered. Next. I just like I Drop. just wanted to point out that you you got disgusting with it. Where I dirt. I'm a dirty man. I take hot baths Actually, naked with with other men. Friends. Yeah. Yes. And it's fine. While watching Dirty Alley. Dirty Alley is not happening. I did not watch that. I did watch. <laughs> Some older men that have these, they have showers where you can sit, like you cr- kind of like a crouch, dude, where it's like a very little, like, little stool. And old, older men sit there and they shower with the, like, they take it off the, the thing and they shower themselves. Oh, and I thought they you just, were say they jerk off on you while you're sitting in the house. They not, just stand over you and shower. This is not a, one of your weird jerk off spas that you go to. This is a legitimate place that is a spa. You just cannot wear clothes in the wet half of it the dry half you have to put on the weird pajamas that they give you Mm. but in the dry part in the wet part dude your balls out dick out everything you do not can't wear clothes it doesn't work not allowed great i don't know what you want me to say to that i mean like i don't know either i don't know why you're so against it i guess you seem to have a real problem with it i don't want to sit in 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 naked guy soup I mean, it's circulated to, to an extent. I don't know. <laughs> to an extent. You're in a hot tub with a bunch of naked dudes. If that's what you like, great. I don't like it. Why can't you accept Fine, the fact dude. that I don't like it? Fine, I'm just saying it might be I don't not, do it. not as a gay thing. It's just a I'm not saying it is. I'm not, not saying I'm not against it because I think it's a gay thing. I just think I don't want to sit and marinate in a bunch of naked man juice. I don't want to do it. And well, when we get you to come to Printer's Row in Chicago, we'll see. Get you a couple Evan Williams deep. Ain't going to happen, dude. It ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. Would you like to know who my favorite porn star is? I 
And don't say I Johnny am dying to know who your favorite <laughs> naked lady shake em up porn star slash scream. <laughs> say Chasey Lane, then no. Oh, wrong. Go ahead. Wrong. Lay it on me, toots. Tracy Lords. Oh, of course. Of the course. great, powerful Tracy Lords. The great and powerful for Tracy Lords. Now, Shout to clarify, was at uh, some of the conventions we're at. We see she's her. had a lot of them. She's a lot of them. Because she was in some horror movies like Blade and stuff. We've uh, walked. She's a, yeah. I, she. I was in an elevator with her, as I mentioned on the show. I was in an elevator with her, and I like was paralyzed in in erotica. I didn't know what the hell to say. In bone fear, I call it. Boner fear. That's a good. That's a good term for it. I'm going to use that now. Boner fear. That's exactly what it was. Relaxed um, boner fear. Yeah, yeah. I've had to, like I've had multiple chances to like talk to her, and I just never did it out of boner fear, and also because I feel kind of weird about it. Because uh, for those who don't know, Tracy Lords is infamous because she became a porn star when she was underage. Uh, she was like 16 years old and she started making porno movies. I and she was like 15. Maybe 15. 15, 16. I heard she was 10, actually. <laughs> no. Like, no, no this was, was not this was, was not the novelization of Tampa. Or the, the, the adaptation of Tampa. Novelization of the novel <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> I meant adaptation. Uh, but no, she was she was like 15 or 16. Yeah. And this was like in the 80s, and she became, not only did she do pornos, but she became the most popular porn star of the time. She like made more money per film than any other porn star. Uh, she became a huge success because she was absolutely beautiful. So I'm just saying, like, I understand that, and I'm not going out looking for these, you know, like movies when she was 15 or whatever. Uh, she all Because she also did one porno, uh, when mm. she was of age, called uh, Tracy, I Love You. And uh, so she's of age, totally legal to watch it. Um, but all whatever. Above, all above board, people. But it's you know what? Like, like most of us have sex by the time we're 16 or 17. So, you know, she made these movies, 16 or 17, whatever, you know? With our 32-year-old teacher, a la Tampa. And, yes, uh... yes, right, right. So whatever, uh, but but anyway, she became a uh, after the, like porn when she got out of it because she actually did have a horrible experience with pornography. Obviously, she was like you know she was a runaway and she was fifteen. She got involved in this stuff, and so it's kind of a tragic tale and, and all that. So I respect that. But she became like uh, this like hot B movie star. After that, she worked with John Waters. She was in. Uh, you know, cry baby, but she was also in uh, Not of This This Earth, and she did a bunch of like really shitty action movies, like Cinemax style action movies, like like Ice and stuff. You know, like you know, where she was a cop or whatever. Might I throw in here real quick? Mm -hmm. Runaway train, oh. never coming back. Runaway on a uh, runaway train. See what I'm dealing with? People? Twice in one episode. See what I'm dealing with? Like I, I do all this preparation. I've got wild stallions rule. Uh, they do, they do. Um, but you know, it's it, you're like a child who wanders into I, the middle of a movie and wants to know what's going on. That's <laughs> what you're like. Uh, so yeah, Tracy Lords, man. Like I, she's my absolute favorite. And I think part of it has to do with that she had this crazy background. Uh, but she's so ridiculously hot and beautiful. And she also, like, 
like she had that, that incredible face, like that beautiful fucking face. I mean, you talk about a, a brown eyed, honey haired, big titted piece of cheesecake. That, that was her, man. Uh, oh, I thought but, you were describing yourself for a second. I was, <laughs> well, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, she, uh, but she had kind of like, I don't know. She had these like banana boobs, you know, that like went like sideways and she had these big puffy nipples and everything. So she had this kind of unique look, but man, like that face was, is immaculate and it still is. She's so beautiful. So she's my absolute favorite. And I, I really like the fact that she has this weird, crazy background. Like it makes her more interesting to me that she was like the most, the, mo- the like the highest earning porn star at 16. I just think that's just incredible. And I know I'm a sick evil fuck for saying that, but I just, person. it's an, it's an interesting story. It's an interesting story. Absolutely. Uh, and she's goddamn beautiful and i mean yeah there are other ones modern ones that i like like Corey chase and faye reagan and stuff uh but tracy lords will always hold my heart yeah i mean i like both of those i mean uh you know we'll just keep it at that <laughs> lawrence uh you know rest in power shut up she's not dead uh she's still hot to she this might day. Be. She might she's be she's currently 93 years old and she still looks hot when anytime i see her at these conventions like we saw her last year at Eve a convention. lawrence no i'm talking about Eve lawrence you're talking oh, about tracy lawrence she still looks gorgeous she's fine yeah she's at these conventions yeah. she looks great she's yeah. she's fantastic tracy lords come on to the show come Let on to the show come uh, on to the show come on to me uh you know be my bride and uh i'll treat you real good um see korean spa <laughs> see like her i would get into a hot tub with no problem you forget they don't allow that dude they don't allow that it's split it's definitely split up you cannot get into a hot tub with a lady yeah only with other guys that's not gay at all that's not a gay spa you're going to at all it's not dude it's a spa it's a spa spa it's a gay spa it's a gay spa john wayne i'm breaking it to you here live on the air it's, it's okay a- it's all right to be gay. You, you don't need to like. We're you don't need we're to like def- try to defend yourself. It's okay to go to a gay spa. All of this out. <laughs> it's not a gay spa. It's Korean spa. <laughs> you try to go to a Russian spa and you not just, take your clothes off, you'll get shanked in the sh- in the shitter and the shower and the shower shitter. Well, I'm not going there. Fine, um, dude. I'm not I'm invited. Not what? I'm resenting. I would never, you know what? I would never go to a publicly used from your invitation to the Korean spa. Gone. It's gone. Cannot come. I appreciate come. that very much. Because then so I don't have to awkwardly come out. And everybody goes to the Korean spa and you're sitting outside crying. Remember this conversation. I will not be crying. I will be smoking a cigarette and being like, oh man, escaped that fucking disgusting shit. Um, just start cigarettes. <laughs> I will just for that. <laughs> You got this surgery coming up? Come on. Yeah, yeah. About it. You got to get back in. You're going to. That's what I was going to say. Don't start. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go to a public uh, uh, public hot tub, period. Like, public like hot tub, dude. It's not like that. Okay. So, anyway. Um, anyway. All right. Before we get off this topic, and like I said, we've, we've run long. Like, this is. We're probably going to have to do. The other topic on the next episode, because like we've made this whole thing about sexy, trash, sexy cinema, you know. I, I mean, I guess you know. I think I think we I think we would have to. Otherwise, it's going to be like a four-hour episode. All right, fine. 
How do you? Because I had a lot I wanted to say about other trash cinema uh, yeah. that isn't sex related. It's just trash cinema. Well, you know what? That'll be a teaser for the next episode. Next episode, and then yeah. because we're, you know, we have that appointment at the Korean Spa where we're gonna <laughs> talk about. We're gonna hash out ideas. For the next episode, we'll talk about these trash but, but, but before we, we close and, this one. W- yeah? Before we close this one, I had a few things I wanted to say. But I, I think like okay, this whole episode, going. this whole episode is a is is sex. Like this sexy whole trash. trash sexy sex. Trash sexy trash cinema. That's this entire episode because we just went so long with it. Um she said. But I want <laughs> oh, now it's a sex trash episode. Yeah. Well done, sir. Fuck um, you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck first, you, too. That's why I'm I was going to say, like, when it comes to pornography, we were talking about our favorite porn stars. Um, modern porn is so graphic, uh, whereas, like, the old porn of our day was graphic, but not to this level. Uh, oh, and- there's no sexiness to it anymore. You know, there isn't. There isn't, and it, like, and it has a lot to do with I think that like, in the seventies and the eighties, like it was actually a film production. Like they had, they actually had a script, and they had like they shot on actual film on on, on like you know thirty millimeter or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Now any jabroni with a with a video camera can make a, a porn film, and it goes online. You know, where like back yeah. then there was more of an art to it. Yeah, and if you see in Boogie Nights, like that kind of encapsulates that. It does. It does that, that yeah. situation because it also shows the transfer to video in that movie as well, um, in the porn industry and how that changed yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, you know, all, but I to go way back to what we were talking about. It it's also you know it had it, in the movies we were talking about the slasher films or the the horror films where they were heavy handed on the TNA. Yeah. It's kind of like because they it was a nuance. They were they were kind of high, they layered it into sure. these things, right? Because right. they had to. Yeah. And now, like you get like further and further away from that, we're in a place where nobody has to hide anything. Everybody right. has a fucking right. sex tape. We do. Uh, <laughs> everyone has like a spit my gate video on well, Instagram. Wayne, Korean hot sauce. Yeah. I mean, no, in, in a world, but like, you know, seriously, like you just you, you don't have to go to any kind of weird like film or avant garde no. thing or yeah. anything like that. You just hit a button just, and yeah, you've got you railing see, to the day absolute, as the day is long. Anything. You can see any. Uh, and I think it kind of. It's fucking like, spoiled ass kids of this channel. You know what? Kids, really but, pisses I, me I also off. think I also think that it's it's uh, it's the ruination, too, because. By having absolutely everything you can imagine at your fingertips, it spoils you a little bit too much. So then I think like, you know, like like some of these guys, like this has been like a problem. Um, there's been like articles written about it where like yeah, guys sensitization type thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Where guys get so used to being like click click click, and it's just anything they want to see. It's like, well, now I want a blonde. Now I want big ass. Now I want a teenager. You know, like like all of this, like everything at their fingertips. That like when they actually get with a real woman, because it's just one woman, and they have to like be into that like they think they're just not that aroused by it like it actually has like this poisonous effect by being able to have everything you want at a click 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 and have like 18 porn windows open at once on your computer are Uh, these incels is that what this is about these incel people 
They can't love a woman? In, uh, never mind. We'll no, that's, there's been a lot of these articles about porn addiction uh, and about how because like you can get everything you want at the click of a button, that it, it creates this kind of um, desensitization in men uh, where they're so used to that that when they actually have one woman in person, it's not enough sensory stimulation. Right. Which, no, which I understand. Crazy, but like the, yeah. this is actually a, like a problem. And the porn from our day, like you know, we would get a magazine, and it would just be like, here's a couple of pictures of like one or two women being really sexy, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But now you go online, and you, any sick, perverted thing you want to see, you can see with a click of a button. And so it takes all the imagination out of it, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and that actually hinders sexuality. So, um, but I still love porn. I'm really glad. That I agree. It's out there. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm also like, like, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you're being really rude. You know, maybe I want to <laughs> see you. you know. I have no problem but, with it. Yeah, but, people uh, want to see it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just but like uh, there's no stopping consequences. It. But yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, with it great does. power comes responsibility. <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uncle Uncle, Uncle Ben. ben. <laughs> not the not the rice guy. Not the rice guy. <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man. But also Spider-Man. the rice is good. <laughs> Spider-Man taught me everything I need to know about porn, apparently. Oh, uh, we should copyright it us. Copyrighted ChrisJohnWayne.com. <laughs> you're right, dude. You're right. I think it is damaging to an extent. Um, I know that's a hot take because everyone wants to cry like freedom of whatever. And I'm I'm not saying not freedom of whatever. Like oh, I think you were saying, like I don't. want it all to exist. But like Absolutely. you said, like just you. But have there's, to. there's such a thing as too much of a good thing. You know, there really is, and I hate yeah. to admit that. Be- Me but too. the only reason Let's I'll admit that is because sometimes yeah. good things can kill you. And I guess yes. that's bad. I guess. So, yeah. But know. no, like there's too much of a good thing. And, and and internet porn is definitely a great example of that. Like I was saying, like even even aside from the from like the simplistic porn uh, 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 magazines, porn movies of back in the day. They they showed graphic stuff. They showed like actual penetration and blowjobs and everything else, uh, but it wasn't to this super graphic degree that you have now online because anybody with a video camera can make it and do any kind of sick crazy thing. Um, yeah. Whereas like you, know, you watch Debbie Does Dallas or something, and it's just people having sex. It's just like regular old sex. Bam, but, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, a fine film, a fine film. You know, Deep Throat and stuff like that. You know, it's like. It's not nearly as graphic as what you can get online now. Well, I mean, it's just serviceable. It's just there for you to jerk off. It's serviceable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you would watch a porno movie back then. It was like, okay, here's this one girl in this scene. This is what I'm going to watch. This is what I'm going to jerk off to. Now you can have, like, you get bored with one. You just click. There's another one. Click. There's another one. And then, you, like I said, you could have, like, 18 screens open at the same time with, like, uh, like 18 girls doing 18 different things at the same time. You know, and it's it's too much of a good thing. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. I do agree. Yep. But you know, what are you gonna do? Honestly. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna watch porn and jerk off. Hey man. That's not and, I'm, gonna do, I'm gonna do that too. I mean I mean I'm 
been jerking off this entire episode. Like I never felt I better. See, I see. I thought you were edging. <laughs> I thought I saw that edging look I, in your eyes this whole time. I've, you I know, was like oh man, I'm, he's waiting to bust. He is I'm waiting not, to bust. Like, even on the video, you can only see me from like the chest up. You know, and so yeah, like you I've have, been, you're not wearing pants, right? You're I'm, not wearing no, any. I'm, you're just wearing, wearing that yellow T-shirt. That's it. I'm not wearing pants, and I've never felt better. Never felt freer. <laughs> never <laughs> felt better. <laughs> So anyway, so, so what do you want to you you want to you want to just take this home then? We're bringing it I home. Take this home, and uh, mm-hmm. ladies, if all of this stuff has turned you on, uh, you can feel free to call the Corey hotline. You can reach us at Vital Social Issues and the letter N, Vital Social Issues and stuff at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Uh, uh, I am available. For any uh, blue-eyed, honey-haired, big-titted pieces of cheesecake that might want to reach out to me. Um, so if any of this interests you at all, which it probably doesn't if you're a woman, um, but you can reach out to me if it does. You know, like, let's put Tinder aside. Let's get, let's get like, the podcast dating. Let's get that back together. Let's do it. I'm available for children's parties. Yes. Um, I'm available for appearances at uh, grocery store openings. Uh, if a new <laughs> TJ Maxx is moving into your neighborhood and you want me to cut the ribbon, I will gladly appear. Just uh, email me. Email me at vital social issues in the letter N stuff at gmail.com. And in the subject line, say, uh, R E colon Nick P's voodoo password and I'll know what you mean. Yeah, don't send that to me. Just send me pictures of your boobs. Oh, that that's just no, we can't to. say that. You can't say that. Why? What are you gonna skeeve it? Are you in an old eighties ski movie where you're skiing and showing your boobs? Yeah. Do All it. Right. Yeah. No, if people want to send me pictures of their boobs, I, I love them and support them very much. I do, um, I love boobs too. Yeah. Honk honk. <laughs> That's right, I said it. <laughs> but dude, here's another thing. And another what thing. What is another thing, dude? Another thing that, that the kids do now is they do the sexting. They do like the sending pictures and like dick pics and stuff on these fucking dating websites. It's like we couldn't do that back in the day, man. Like we couldn't do it. We we would have to like get hard and then trace our dick. With a crayon, like on a piece of paper, and give that to the girl. I drew. I drew a lot of that is lost on this generation. I did a lot of freehand sketches (laughs) of my dick and mailed them, uh, stamping everything uh, to to that porn star. Yeah, I mailed them right to her, and I said, "This is what you do to me, baby." Uh, I haven't heard back yet, but no. I think I might. It could happen soon. And also those charcoal nudes that I posed for uh, for you <laughs> yes. for your art class that you were taking. Well, you did that at the Korean spa. Like, like that's how you you can't pay in money. You Dude, have to pay. You've got to sing. come to this Korean spa. <laughs> I'm not coming. It is legitimately awesome. It is so freeing. You will be I'll free. You I'll make you a deal. Up. What is the deal? What? If you do get if you get me my own private hot tub and get Tracy Lords nope. and get Tracy Lords to come to be in there with me, I will be there, dude. I will pay my own way. I will I'll be there and I'll bring champagne for everybody. 
Dude, I'm going to fucking Mitchell plick you in this where it's like, yeah, it's going to be like she's there and this all happens, but it's some fucked up way that like, you know, your dick gets soldered off or something. I don't know. Thanks. Appreciate that. You're welcome, man. What the fuck you're talking about? Now you're talking about genital mutilation. You have issues with your swimming in, in boy soup. Okay. Chopping off my dick. Says the author of Body Art. New, <laughs> new, new release coming out. Uh, available. Cut. Director's cut, different cover. Director's check cut. out the check out the coloring book. Comes with it. I, I I book. appreciate yeah. you went the one that where the guy fucks the intestines. Yes, it's been called um, uh, Boogie Nights meets Hellraiser, which I think is the best way to describe it. Really, ooh la la. Yes, ooh nice. la la, indeed. All right, well, well, I guess we gotta you know we guys gonna put this one to bed because I do. am about to come. And uh, this is this is our our dirtiest, uh, most likely to get canceled because of episode of whatever. Yeah. So if we are back, honk, next honk. Week, <laughs> if we're back next week, we did it. But if this is the last episode, then I guess yes, I want to say like as a teaser right, thank for next you. time, <laughs> as a teaser for next time, we were going to get into just trash films like shot on video horror stuff that doesn't have to do with sex at all. Just like. Crazy, trashy horror movies and action movies. Mm-hmm. That'll we're gonna have to save for next week because we ran long. Because you talk about sex and you just you talk about sex. Uh, I even brought out like other stuff I didn't even get to, like my Playboys. Like I got my Playboys here, you know. Um, like, so, <laughs> but it's I didn't like a, just like on Bud, like goddamn American <laughs> children. <laughs> when oh, Peg, when Peg fucking gets rid of the fucking Playboys. Playboys, yeah, yeah. But, but Bud's like. Oh, and he goes down and he comes up and he's crying. He's well, the, gone. Best, the best is when the Playboy Bunny comes into the shoe store and Alan Steve are there. And uh, and I was like, that's where I recognize her from. She's a playmate. And yeah. Steve's like, well, are you sure? And he goes, Steve, I don't know my, I don't know my, the color of my wife's eyes. I don't know my children's birthdays. But I know that's a Playboy playmate. Yeah. And, and then Steve gets in trouble by Marcy because he has her picture tacked up on the headboard Brandy while he's banging Brandy. her. Brandy Brandt. Yep. What a time. Well, what a time. if you like more content like this, please follow us at <laughs> kristenjohnwayne.com for all of these things that we do. Yes. Uh, you can go to johnwayneisdead.com and uh, buy my books. Buy my books! And at the shop page and all the stickers and stuff that I have and follow me at johnwayneisdead for the other things that I do. And uh, Chris, your uh, long dong can be found whereabouts <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can find me at nine inches of dangling fury.org. No, I'm kidding. That might which, which you stole from Quentin Tarantino. So go ahead. <laughs> no, <laughs> he stole it from me. Um, uh, no, uh, um, uh, you can find me at uh, Coyote Chris on Twitter, K O Y O T E K R I S. You can find me at um, Facebook and all the other stuff kids do, Instagram at just Christopher Triana Chris with a K. Uh, and you can find me at ChristopherTriana.com uh, if you're super archaic and go to websites. Um, but, yes, um, we got all sorts of fun goodies. And before we go, we just want to remind everybody that we're raising money for a little puppy named Lulu. Oh. If you go to ChrisandJohnWayne.com, you can see all about it. You can go to the GoFundMe. Little Lulu needs ACL surgery. Please give. Even if you can only give 5 10 bucks. she needs our help. 
and uh, screenshot your donation and send it to Chris and John Wayne at G- uh, Vital Social Issues social and social stuff. stuff. Yep. You send with, us that. You take at a picture. gmail.com uh, your screenshot and we'll send you a sticker. We'll send you all sorts of fun things. Absolutely. Uh, you might even get a dick pic. Charcoal drawings. <laughs> yes, you'll get, you'll get the, like our dicks traced together fighting like lightsabers. Oh, man. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's the end. Uh, when it comes to uh, dicks fighting like lightsabers, I think we've gone as far as we can go without getting arrested. Upstream. All right. I love you, dude. Love you, dude. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>